Are you ready? This coverage is live and uncensored, so if you have any small children present, you may want to have them leave the room. Take Radio episode 75 for Thursday, January 20th, 2011. The music you just heard was The Omen of Genova, and the artist was Neko Frog 1. N E K O Frog and the number 1. You can get that and any of the other previously used intro music at ocremix.org. The letter O, the letter C, remix.org. The call in number is 347-324-3541. Again, that number is 347-324-3541. All right. 75 shows in. Um, definitely a, a, a big milestone. I'm very proud to have made it this far, um, not just because I had no belief that we couldn't, but just because we have grown consistently every episode since episode one. Um, definitely got to take the opportunity and thank all the fans and listeners and supporters, um, those of those of you that have come on and believed in us, and tune in every week to hear my bullshit. So uh, <laughs> definitely thank you guys for making 75 episodes one of the most pleasant experiences, and I look forward to giving you 75 more. Um, all right, enough of this uh, sentimental stuff. Let's let's get some housekeeping out of the way first. Of course, MTR 3.0 is live. Um, it is currently in what I like to call live construction. As you can see, there's stuff being added to the page on a daily basis. Some of the things you may have noticed is that there is no longer a blog talk radio player on the page. Um, on the contrary, it actually has its own tab now. If you want to listen to the show on MyTakeRadio.com, just click the tab up top that says Listen to My Take Radio, and you can go and listen to the show there. That way you can continue to surf the site, you can actually open that tab in a new tab in your browser, and you'll be able to surf the site, go to the forums, et cetera, et cetera. There will be some other changes coming to the site within the next few weeks. There will be some color changes, some layout changes, but the overall scheme will stay pretty much the same. There's tons of new content that's going up uh, from my fiance, of course, from Andrea, from Slick. Josh put up a really great article about the 3DS, which is actually going to be something we're going to be talking about this evening in addition to that. I've put up some stuff, you know, new movie trailers, new game news, so definitely keep an eye out for that stuff as well, and also new stuff coming in the coming days. The Facebook fan page is at about, I believe, 616 fans, well on our way. My goal, hopefully, is to close out February at 650, so if you know anybody who likes MMA, wrestling, video games, and movies, and all of that stuff rolled up in a nice bit of sarcasm and a caustic edge, by all means, Recommend them My Take Radio and tell them to become a fan. In addition to that, if you ha are getting the shows from iTunes, please take a few minutes and rate the show and, you know, write a little paragraph letting people know why you like it, and people can check that out as well. In addition to that, if you're getting it from the Zoom Marketplace, same thing, rate the show, help us move up the rankings. 
better placement on the rankings leads to better exposure, better exposure leads to more listeners, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. In addition, of course, check out all the stuff from our content partners, This Week in Wrestling and MMA Valor. I'm actually writing up an article for MMA Valor regarding a new game called Supremacy MMA. I am not going to give up too much, and I'll just tell you guys to read the article to check it out. And, of course, the MTR app on iTunes. It's $1.99. Keep My Take Radio with you in your pocket. Get access to all, some new exclusive content that will be making its way there along with wallpapers and other stuff for your iPhone. You can look for that. Just type in My Take Radio in the store, and you can get a My Take Radio app. The Android app is coming. I have not heard anything yet in regards to that. So once I hear something, I'll let you guys know where you can get the Android app as well. Regarding the Shorty Awards, of course, last week, and I believe the week prior I talked about the Shorty Awards. If you are on Twitter, uh, take a moment and nominate MTR in either gaming or entertainment. You can go to shortyawards.com and nominate us for a Shorty Award. Um, it's for social networking. And given some of the people that are in there for certain categories, I think we definitely have a good shot. So if you're on Twitter, definitely take a second, head over to shortyawards.com and nominate My Take Radio either for gaming or entertainment. Or as Miss nominated us, she nominated us for journalism, which is uh, very flattering. So definitely thanks to Mist for that. Um, in addition to that, my guests this evening will be Antoine and also Greg from GamerFit Nation. You can check them out at GamerFitNation.com. If you're on Twitter, you can look for GamerFitNation on Twitter. And they are also on Facebook, so look for GamerFitNation on Facebook. I actually link them on the fan page. Check them out. They really do a great job in regards to doing a great marriage between gaming and fitness. You'd be surprised how much stuff relates to both aspects and to both genres, so definitely check it out. Um, they actually wrote an article about yours truly today. Um, that's a little self-promotion right there. Um, and it was on N4G and also on their site as well as on our Facebook fan page. So definitely stop by let them know how much of a kick-ass job they're doing. And they will be joining us at 1130. So keep an eye out for that. They'll be calling in at 1130. We're going to discuss GamerFit Nation. I also want to discuss something that has been bothering me, and it was brought up in the Facebook fan page. It's a story that was put out, and I'm not going to get into it now, but I'll just let you guys know, kind of set it up. It was an article put out on Yahoo News on Monday regarding video game addiction being tied to depression and anxiety in children. Um, there's a lot of aspects of this article that I can relate to for a, multiple, for a multitude of reasons, and I also want to acknowledge the fact that the article is total horse shit once I read it and state the facts, I will, you know, you guys will get an understanding in regards to it. Um, you know, you guys will learn a little bit about me as a person, not just as somebody you listen to on the radio so or on your iPod or iPhone, but you'll learn about me in regards to some of the shit that involves what video games help me accomplish and how this article is complete bullshit. So keep an eye out for that, and I also will be discussing that with Antoine and with Greg when they call in. So we'll be discussing that around 11.30. In addition to that, I actually want to talk about a letter I got from a listener. His name is Chris, and he is from Yuma, I believe, in Arizona, if I'm correct. And he says, Dear Rich, I've been listening to My Take Radio since episode 50. Um, I actually ended up seeing a tweet about the show and decided to check it out. Um, 
what the hell did he put here? I'm going to jump around a little bit because it's a very long, lengthy email. Um, I particularly enjoyed your Deadliest Warrior interview as well as some of your commentary on MMA. Um, a couple of questions I did have, though. Um, what motivated you to start the show? Because I haven't been able to catch up to the first show yet. I've only gone as far back as episode 20. I apologize. Um, number two, why do you insist on doing the show for three hours if it's not something you're getting paid for? How do you balance the time? And the third part of it was, what motivated you to start doing it? Pretty pretty square and to the point. He also asked a couple of other things, but that's I'm not going to go into that on the air. But um, I'll answer it real quick. Um, I do the show for three hours because I need three hours to talk all the shit I got to talk. And um, number two, I actually got inspired by doing for doing the show. Thanks to the crew actually at VGN and also the guys from BornStubborRadio.com, um, I got into listening to podcasts in late 2005, 2006, and I called into VGN a couple of times. We talked about a couple of things. Uh, people said I was uh, a natural, I guess, or I was good at it. So one thing led to the other, and I sat down and I thought about it, and I ended up recording some really, really shitty, shitty versions of my take radio, which I actually have those episodes buried deep in my computer. And um, one day I'll share them with you guys. But if you have been listening from the early days on iTunes, you can probably find them if you download the iTunes feed. Nonetheless, that was it. I just, you know, I, I became enamored with the idea of sharing my opinion with the masses and connecting with like-minded individuals. Um, that's the origin of the show. Easy as that. I mean, I owe a lot of credit to, to, to the VGN crew just because I went on the show and people like listening to, you know, the New York accent and, and my views on gaming because it was solely about video games at the time. Then I started expanding, talking about MMA. I'd pop into Cleveland Sports Radio. I did about three or four hours with Blaine on the Born Stubborn Radio, which at the time was known as the Crazy Shit Show. Um, so I've been around and I've popped up in a couple of different places. So that was the inspiration for that. In regards to why I do it, um, I, I guess a lot of reasons. I really don't, I didn't wake up deciding to do this for fame or for fortune or whatever. I think that it, it's a, it's a great viable medium and I feel I can connect with a lot of people and, um, that's it. That, that's really it. So um, definitely thanks for, for the questions. Uh, I will definitely answer the other questions you asked via email. I'm not going to discuss that on the air, but I will go into it a little further via email. So your letter was read. Um, tonight's topics, we're going to talk some MMA. There's a lot of stuff going on in the, in the world of mixed martial arts, including something that I did not get to discuss last week, which was the... Um, Basically, the impassioned plea of the UFC to get MMA sanctioned here in New York State. I want to touch a little bit on that. I also want to talk about Monday Night Raw this week, and I am going to spoil some things because I have to acknowledge what's happening with the Nexus in regards to Wade Barrett on SmackDown. So I will go into that a little bit as well. And, of course, the big news this week, the 3DS. Um, lots to discuss re regarding that. There's a ton of movie news especially the Batman casting news, which there's a ton of shit to discuss with that. So you know what? 
let's get it started and let's talk some MMA first, especially because there's so much stuff. And besides that, I got to get ready to have uh, the crew from Gamer Fit Nation call in at 1130. So let's get this MMA talk started, shall we? Oh, great. My switchboard isn't working. Thanks. Oh. But there we go. Now the switchboard is working. You know, as much as I love Blog Talk Radio, there are really are days that I want to just blow up wherever they host the software for this, especially for the switchboard, because, you know, I had my segue ready, and all of a sudden it just took a giant dump, so I apologize. With that, let's talk some MMA, shall we? All right. If I ramble a little incoherently throughout the broadcast, I apologize because I am on my second Monster Energy drink of the evening. Uh, that has to do with the fact that I rarely sleep. So if I do ramble at 100 miles an hour like Charo, I apologize. All right. Let's start with some MMA first. Nate Diaz. We got to talk a little bit about the Diaz brothers in the MMA news this week for two reasons. First off, Nate Diaz has stepped in to take on Rory McDonald at UFC 129. Originally, McDonald was scheduled to take on James Wilkes, but Wilkes had to withdraw, in which case Nate Diaz has stepped in to take his place. The bout agreements have been signed, but there's no official announcement as of yet. UFC 129, of course, will be happening April 30th at the Rogers Center in Toronto. As of right now, no announcement has been made, whether it's going to be televised or a preliminary fight. I love watching the Diaz brothers fight. I think a fight with McDonald is going to be kick-ass from start to finish. Um, Nate Diaz is a dude that the him and his brother Nick, they have a lot of crazy shit going on outside of the octagon that tends to gravitate into the octagon with them. And, and some people lose sight of the fact that they're talented mixed martial artists. Um, don't look past the hype and, and their issues with, with um, Mayhem Miller and, and shit like that. Look at the fact that they're talented Caesar Gracie Jiu-Jitsu martial artists that will whoop your ass. Yeah, they're not the most friendly guys. They're not the, you know, they're not the, the most approachable guys because they keep it real. Sometimes the realness that some people put out there isn't for everybody, but I applaud them, and I'm actually looking forward to seeing Nate get in the octagon, and Nick Diaz will be fighting for Strike Force very soon. Now, as I said at the opening of the, of the show, uh, the UFC really pushing to get MMA sanctioned here in New York. Um, Lorenzo Fertitta, Dana White, and lightweight champion Frankie Edgar were at Madison Square Garden uh, earlier. Um, I believe it was last Monday, I believe, right before I did the show with uh, Michael Jai White. But they were, at, they were at the Garden along with Garden President Scott O'Neill, and they were really going out of their way to push MMA here in New York State, which, of course, it has not been, been sanctioned, and they actually unveiled plans to bring at least two UFC events to New York once the sport is regulated, including one to be held at, of course, our Madison Square Garden Arena. Dana White is determined to bring the sport to the Big Apple, but unfortunately, New York State is one of the few states that has yet to sanction the sport. 
the UFC, of course, has staged events in Australia, the UK, and Germany, and they plan to expand to Japan, China, and India within the next few years. Lorenzo Fertitta stated, we want the New York State Athletic Commission to regulate us and be in control of the fighters, the testing, and all the health and safety of our fighters. In addition to that, we, he stated the following, we have a history of working with, straight, with state regulatory agencies. In the 10 years we've been doing this, we've never had a serious injury, so obviously we're doing things the right way. Today of the 48 states that have athletic commissions, 44 regulate the sport. Now, obviously, four states that have athletic commissions that don't regulate the sport, New York is one of them. They also came to this event armed with tons of, of numbers and information to let New Yorkers know that MMA, not just um, a combat sport, but also a source of revenue, they came in with the following facts. Jamie Springer of HRNA Advisors estimated in a new economic study that if they did two UFC events in the state, one at Madison Square Garden and one in Buffalo, that would create roughly $16 million in new spending. In addition to that, they found that smaller MMA operators would likely hold events and bring in an additional $4 million. So that's $20 million in annual new spending and hundreds of new jobs. Dean Murray, a New York State Assemblyman, was also on hand, and he spoke strongly in favor of bringing MMA to New York. Murray pointed out that instead of trying to increase taxes, they should consider the revenue that a UFC event held in New York could generate. There's absolutely no reason why it should not be in the state of New York, Dane White went on record as saying. The future does look promising, though, because UFC fans, even though we've got to wait a little bit longer, we can still head over to Jersey and catch the UFC, which we will be able to do for March 19th's event, which is UFC 128. Now, here's my spin on the situation. One of the things that bothers me is the fact that politicians continue to remain uneducated about the sport of MMA. Sure, people go in the octagon, they wear four-ounce gloves, and they beat each other senseless. But I will tell you this. Referees are in there. It is a highly, highly controlled environment. The safety of the fighters is crucial. Hell, one of the big complaints in a lot of events sometimes is the fact that the stoppages were early just because you have to protect the fighters. It is something where I feel that the stigma of the sport being barbaric has gotten way out of hand. I feel that, to some extent, uh, boxing promoters make sure to drop, name drop that MMA is barbaric, that it's, a, that it's a, a poor man's sport, instead of looking at it and embracing it as the simplest form of combat there is. I mean, boxing is and always will be the sweet science, but MMA, and I'm not even saying it as a martial artist, I'm not even saying it as a fan, I'm just saying it as, the rules of MMA are as clear-cut and simple as they can be. There's not a hundred different organizations with a hundred different belts. Don't get me wrong, you have UFC, you have Strike Force, you have Bellator, but each organization has their own belts that don't have to be passed around from organization to organization, a la boxing. On the contrary, UFC is pretty much considered the, the big dog in the party, and they're going to their sanctioning of MMA here in New York State will allow other operators like Strikeforce and Bellator to compete, King of the Cage. All those guys will have an opportunity to compete if it gets sanctioned. So in a way, I find it a little unfortunate that the UFC is the only company making the push. I'm surprised that Strikeforce wasn't holding an event of their own to try and push for the sanctioning of MMA as what neither was Bellator or some of the other smaller organizations. I honestly feel that the UFC and the other organizations should set aside their differences just this once to work on sanctioning a sport so everybody can make money. 
in a way, I finally feel, I, in a way, I feel that them not doing that is doing more harm than good. Because, yeah, the UFC, they did uh, contribute to Mario, uh, Mario Cuomo, um, Andrew Cuomo's uh, governor run recently. You know, they, they, they threw a little money in the pool just because they want to be remembered when it comes time for MMA to be discussed in terms of being passed, which is great. But, again, if more organizations pooled their money and, and threw it at the politicians more so, it would help make the transition easier. Because what happens to me, in my eyes, is that if the UFC makes it happen, then every mixed martial arts organization is going to be lumped into the UFC. If they start educating the politicians on other organizations and other organizations throw money in the pot, it will help make things I think gel and, and roll through a little easier because there's money coming in from other avenues. They can see that other promoters are interested in promoting here in New York State. The, the, the possibilities are huge. So it, it's really something that I'm, I'm very passionate about, not just a, a, as a New Yorker but as a fan. And I feel that given all the economic strife going on here in New York State, why not? You, you, you guys really are going to turn down $20 million, $20 million. That, that you can easily get with just a stroke of a pen. That's all it takes. You sign on a dotted line, sanctioning a sport, you get $20 million a year for a signature. It, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a really poor explanation for it, but it's the one that fits. $20 million for a simple signature on paper, period. I really hope it happens, and definitely for those of you that are in the New York area and want to do your part, uh, definitely look for certain, I believe it's, I think it's legalized the empire on Twitter. Um, they're actually spearheading a campaign to get MMA sanctioned here in New York. Look them up. Uh, definitely write to, the to your local politicians and put it out there and help make the sport get sanctioned here in New York, man. I think it, it would be great for the economy. I think it would be awesome to have it in the historic Madison Square Garden, and I feel it would just open the floodgates for smaller shows that will allow people to learn about other fighters and other organizations. Moving on to some other UFC news, UFC heavyweight champion Cain Velasquez is already back in the gym. Um, he had surgery to repair a 90% tear of his rotator cuff, according to trainer Javier Mendez, but he is back in the gym already training with a return slated for August. So definitely um, the clock is ticking. Of course, Cain Velasquez is on the shelf and Brock Lesnar and Junior Dos Santos will be coaching the Ultimate Fighter and meeting after the season to decide who will challenge Cain Velasquez next. So definitely should be interesting to see how Cain comes back from the injury and whether Junior Dos Santos or Brock Lesnar will be able to take the belt from Mr. Brown Pride himself. So definitely keep an eye out for that. In some Kimbo Slice news, Kimbo Slice, of course, you may know him from Elite XC and uh, the train wreck that that was. And, of course, he was on The Ultimate Fighter and in the UFC for a short time. And, of course, he was released after his last loss. Um, it was rumored that Kimbo Slice was going to be getting into boxing. Turns out that is not the case. Seems Kimbo Slice will be instead throwing his hat into the pro wrestling ring. Slice will be debuting February 5th for the IGF promotion in Fukuoka, Japan. He will face Shinichi... Ah, damn, this guy's Suzukawa, there we go, who is considered the most pushed star in IGF. So Kimbo Slice is throwing his hat in the wrestling ring, which leads to another rumor, which is that 
whatever match The Undertaker is involved with at WrestleMania, there were rumors that Brock Lesnar, of course, was going to be involved, but that got killed real quick. But now the new rumor is that Kimbo Slice may serve as a special enforcer for The Undertaker's match if The Undertaker brings him in, quote-unquote. Take that as a rumor. I personally feel that Kimbo Slice going into pro wrestling, I think he has the, the personality and the look for it. I don't think that he's going to be able to master the full scope of wrestling in such a short period of time, but I think his him going to Japan definitely is something to keep an eye on for sure. I just, uh, I don't know, man. I think um, him being an enforcer for WrestleMania would be interesting, especially if, you know, whoever's in the match with The Undertaker gets punched by Kimbo Slice, and it should definitely get some casual fans to check it out. But we shall see how it unfolds. This weekend, the UFC will be doing their UFC Fight Night 23, which is UFC Fights for the Troops, and two of the preliminary fights will be streaming free via Facebook. So if you're on Facebook, head over to the UFC fan page, like the page, and you'll be able to catch two preliminary fights for free. Those fights are going to be Demarcus Johnson versus Mike Guyman, and also the lightweights, Cody McKenzie fighting Eve, Eve Edwards as well. So definitely check that out. And if, it's on Facebook, and it's free. In addition to that, on Spike TV, that's going to be happening this Saturday, um, live from Fort Hood, Texas. Uh, the main card fights are going to be Evan Dunham fighting Melvin Gillard, Tim Haig and Matt Mitrione, Mark Hominick and George Roop, Pat Barry and Joey Beltran, which is a fucking great fight, Cole Miller versus Matt Wyman, and like I said, for the preliminary cards, you'll see Eve Edwards fight Cody McKenzie and Mike Guyman fighting Demarcus Johnson. Prelims that won't be aired are going to be Mike Brown versus Ronnie Yaya, um, Amikar Alves versus Charlie Brenneman, and uh, you got Will Camposano on there. you got Waylon Lowe fighting on the card as well. So those are going to be some of the fighters you can catch on the unaired portion of the broadcast, which I'm sure will end up on UFC.com at some point. So definitely check that out. That's this Saturday. And like I said, UFC, uh, Facebook.com slash UFC to see the two preliminary fights for free. In some Strikeforce news, they're starting to put the finishing touches on the January 29th Strikeforce event. Nick Diaz will be defending his welterweight belt against uh, his welterweight belt, excuse me, against Evangelista Cyborg Santos, who is the husband of Chris Cyborg Santos. Also on that card, uh, Jacare will be defending his middleweight title against Robbie Lawler. Herschel Walker will be making his return to the octagon. He will be fighting Scott Carson. Uh, let me tell you, Herschel Walker. A lot of people. They've, uh, they've been giving a lot of shit to Herschel Walker. And I'll tell you, the guy is a complete athlete, and he gets a ton of credit for going in there. He takes MMA very seriously. He's one of the best representatives for the sport. He's humble. He's charismatic. He really gives a shit about the sport and its fans. So definitely do yourselves a favor. If you do got strike force, um, check it out, and check out Herschel Walker versus Scott Carson. Also on that card, Hodger Gracie is going to be fighting Trevor Prangley on the prelims. A um, couple of fights, you've got Jenny Castillo fighting on that card. you got, wow, most of my notes got cut off for some reason on my secondary screen. But um, the main card, like I said, you've got two title fights, Herschel Walker and Scott Carson and Hodger Gracie and Trevor Prangley. Moving on, UFC 126 coming up. The, the quicker I talk about them, the quicker they come up. Uh, that's going to be coming up February 5th, Anderson Silva and Vitor Belfort for the middleweight belt. You got Forrest Griffin and Rich Franklin, Jake Ellenberger and Carlos Roca, uh, Ryan Bader and John Bones Jones, which I'm excited to see. John Bones Jones is 
fantastic. If you haven't seen him fight, um, I recommend you check him out, especially after that beautiful nose surgery he gave Brandon Vera um, during their fight. John Bones Jones is no joke, and Ryan Bader is a beast. So it's it, definitely some title implications in that fight. Um, Antonio Banuelos is going to be fighting Miguel Angel Torres as well. On Spike TV, you'll get Paul Kelly versus Donald Cerrone and Chad Mendes versus Omigawa. I'm a little bummed, not because of those two fights that are on Spike TV, but because they didn't get Demetrius Johnson versus Kid Yamamoto on that card. A little bummed out about that. I'm also bummed out about seeing Kyle Kingsbury and Ricardo Romero uh, not on the prelims for Spike, but definitely a fight to check out for sure. Wow, it's almost 11.30. Shit. Uh UFC 128 for Jersey, like I said, completely finalized championship fight. Shogun is going to be fighting Rashad. Uriah Faber is going to be fighting Eddie Wineland. Jim, Jim Miller is fighting Kamal Shalarus. Akayama and Nate Marquardt. Uh, Mirko Krokop is fighting Brendan Schaub. On the prelims, you got Luis Kane versus Carlos Vemela. Edson Barboza and Anthony Injoquani. Ricardo Almeida and Mike Kyle. Kurt Pellegrino and Gleason Tebow. You got Joe Benavides and Ian Loveland, uh, Rafael Asuncao and Manny Gambirian, and of course Nick Catone versus Dan Miller. I'm really bummed that Dan Miller isn't fighting on the main card as well. I'm a, I'm a big Dan Miller fan. Bummed about that. Also bummed about Kurt Pellegrino not fighting on the card. I don't know if it's going to end up on Spike TV or not, but UFC 128 is coming out of Jersey. And definitely, I recommend you guys checking it out. I'm hoping they do a UFC Expo for that, because I may actually take the, the drive over to Jersey with the MTR crew and try and cover it. So we'll see what's going on with that. Last few bits of MMA news. Dana White was asked recently by TMZ if we will ever see women fight in the UFC. Uh, they cited Chris Cyborg Santos and Gina Carano. Uh, Dana White, his response was pretty adamant that he wanted to not allow women to fight in the UFC, of course, a video was put up, blah, blah, blah. Let me tell you something. As soon as this bit of news broke, everybody was pissing and moaning, oh, you know, that's fucked up and it's sexist, and, you know, how's Dana White not going to want to give the women an opportunity, blah, blah, blah. Here we go. This is how I see it. Dana White is a businessman. While I love watching women's mixed martial arts because they can fight as well as the men, there is not a talent pool deep enough to create a completely new roster for the UFC. I actually feel that Strikeforce has this on lock and should go out of their way to promote more women's matches because they have something that sets them apart from the UFC. Bellator does as well with their women's divisions. They really should focus on building that and finding deeper talent pools and introducing new stars. The problem is, that when you think women's MMA, you only hear the Gina Caranos, the Chris Cyborgs, uh, the Misha Tates, the, 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 the Mega Megus. Those are the only women you hear. You hear usually four or five women. There's, there's Zoila Frosto, um, Sarah Kaufman. There's, there's tons of women, great women fighters out there, but you just don't see them showcased correctly. And Strikeforce and Bellator have the opportunity to do something to set themselves apart from the UFC, and they're not doing it. Dana White saying what he said isn't totally, isn't totally wrong because you're not going to go and go out of your way to build a, a division with only five fighters. See, the good thing is when, when the UFC absorbed WEC, 
you got lighter weight classes, and you got a full talent pool of fighters. Now, of course, they put a lot of fighters on the chopping block based on performance, but it helps weed out who are the best fighters in the world. It's still hard to do that with women's fighting because it's not totally proven yet. Other than, like I said, Chris Cyborg, Gina Carano, Marlouz Kunin, uh, you know, you go down that list, it's a very short list of household names in, in regards to women's mixed martial arts. Again, not a bad thing, but it's, it's, just not, it's, it's just not where it needs to be. So everybody who's shitting about Dana White saying it from a business standpoint, it makes no sense. I guarantee you if the talent pool increases down the road, Dana White may, may consider it. I mean, never say never. Yeah, he says that, and sometimes he goes back on his word and it happens, but it's a business, and it's a business about making money, and right now for the UFC – with $55 pay-per-views, it's just not going to work. But if you are a fan of women's mixed martial arts, definitely go out of your way to support these fighters, whether, you know, through Twitter, through Facebook. Let them know, hey, I caught your fight. It was great. Or, hey, man, you know, that guillotine choke you did was disgusting. You know, help show your support for that aspect of the sport, and it will be showcased more. Moving on, um, of course, I talked about Nick Diaz and his fight coming up. During the, U, uh, the, uh, the UFC, the Strikeforce conference call today, uh, one of the big questions that he was asked was about fighting Mayhem Miller. Um, there's been an issue with that because it, the things just can't come together to make that fight happen. There's a lot of personal animosity between both fighters, but I respect Nick Diaz's opinion on it, and it's this. When asked about fighting uh, Mayhem, he said, I'd be happy to move up. It's just I'd like to get paid for it. I don't like how people try to say that I didn't accept the fight with Mayhem because I was too small. I never said anything about that. I said, if I'm going to go off track and screw up my whole season, if I'm going to screw up my whole year, and it's going to screw up my capabilities at fighting at 170, then I'd like to get paid for my time. I'd like to get paid in full. People want to see something great. I'll fight at 155, or if they offer me a big money fight at 185, I'll make it happen. But I'm, just going to, I'm not going to go in there and do it for free when I could make the same money fighting at 170, it's twice as much work. I, I can't argue that because it's true. The guy is, a, is the champion at 170. And, there, you know, to fight Mayhem, he'd have to go up to 185. That's an extra 15 pounds, especially with his fighting style and the way he, he, he fights. You know, the extra weight definitely may prove to be a hindrance. So I, I can't blame the guy. That's not him saying that he's scared or, or, or et cetera, et cetera. The guy's keeping it real. He's like, look, man, you want me to go up 15 pounds and jeopardize my, my, my legacy as a mixed martial artist, then I want to get paid for it. And you know what? I can't dispute that. I can't find any insanity in regards to that. The fact is he's keeping it real. He's like, look, man, you want me to go up? Fine. If I got to go down and wait, I'll do that no problem because going down and wait, you know, I'm getting paid where I'm getting paid. But going up and wait is a whole other ballgame. When asked about his opinion on Miller, he said, I never didn't want to sign for that fight with Miller. They were talking about making me move up and wait. I said, tell his ass to get in fucking shape like I do. It's fucking hard enough for me to make 170. And he acted like he wouldn't be able to do that. He doesn't want to work hard like me. That's the problem. So he can work his ass off and make 170 or 175. Or somebody could pay me a couple of, a couple of million dollars and I'll move up to 185 and fight him. Or he could quit getting slapped in public. I know somebody's got that shit on videotape. That motherfucker doesn't want to fight me. 
talk about how he wants to fight me every chance he gets, and he told the media, I'll fight at any weight. I'll fight at 185. He, Nick Diaz continued on his little tirade. He said, I'd like to get paid. I'd like to get paid. Pacquiao is making 40 fucking million dollars. GSP is making a couple of million. I'm over here driving a fucked up Honda because my shit is breaking down. Fuck all you motherfuckers. I can't argue his logic. I can't. A lot of people are like, oh, you know, Nick Diaz talking all this shit, blah, blah, blah. He went on a tirade. He didn't go on a tirade. The guy said how it should be done. Look, you want me to go up to 185, I want to get paid for my time. That's all, because what if he goes up to 185 and loses because his fighting style couldn't adapt to carrying that weight? A lot of people don't realize that gaining, gaining and cutting weight affects the body a lot. When I was younger, I'd say through through my weightlifting days in high school, I would cut and, and gain weight like it was nothing. But as you get older, that shit gets harder. And building the weight is easy, and cutting it becomes more difficult. Like, for, for somebody to lose 10, 15 pounds, you've got to rearrange your diet, especially within a certain time constraint. You've got to change the way you eat. You've got to change the way you train, especially if you're carrying more weight, because it slows down your reaction time. It does. Anybody that, that tells you anything different is full of shit. So you know what? I respect his rant. I respect the fact that the man wants to get paid for his work. I, I can't argue that. I can't. It's, it's uh, Anybody who sits here and talks that shit that, oh, you know, he's scared to fight mayhem, the guy's the champion at 170. If you're the champion at 170, why should the champion move up and wait? Regardless of how you feel about the Diaz brothers, just think about it from a rational standpoint. You're the champion, and I say, look, I want to fight you. And let's say a belt is on the line, and you say to me, well, come down to 170 and we'll fight. And I go, well, you know, fuck you. You come up to 185. It's, it's perfectly rational, perfectly rational where they want to go with it. And it's just I don't understand how they want to, how Strikeforce wants to sign this fight that's guaranteed money and doesn't want to pay Nick Diaz for the fight. That's all. It's it's business. It's like how about this? Hey Nick, we want you to go up to we want you to go up to to eighty five to fight Mayhem. We'll 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 build the shit out of it. We'll give you a cut of the revenue. Um, you'll end up getting paid whatever half a mil or two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. People will tune in for that. The arena will get packed for that, especially if you do the fight on the West Coast. You do the fight on the West Coast, you do the fight in California. I mean, you know, Nick Diaz, given his athletic commission issues due to his marijuana use, obviously you can't fight in certain states, but you do it in a state where the money is guaranteed. And you just tell them, look, man, we'll give you a cut of the, t- of the tickets, we'll hype it up, blah, 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 blah. You make it, you make it sell, period. I just don't understand how, and, and I can't argue the fact that why should I fight for free, and not even for free, but for pennies, for a fight that is guaranteed money. There is no arguing that whatsoever. Well, with that, we're going to close out the MMA segment. Uh, Slick just told me that I have Antoine and Greg on the line, so I am going to bring them both on. Antoine, what's going on? Hey, what's up, man? How you doing? All right. I am going to bring Greg on as well. Hey, Greg, what's going on, dude? Hey, man, what's going on? All right. Welcome to the show, gentlemen. Thank you. Thank you very much. Oh, thank you, man. 
Um, I don't know how much of my uh, my MMA rant you caught. I know that, that Antoine, you said you follow MMA. Uh, a lot of crazy shit going on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do. Uh, I, I can see you're very passionate about it, man. I mean, you're absolutely right. You should get paid for what you do, and you should get paid more, especially when you're going up in weight. There you go. Well, with with that said, and 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 segueing right into it, of course, like I said earlier in the broadcast, you guys um, run GamerFitNation.com. It is a uh, a community website that advocates the relationship between gaming and fitness. So, um, with that said, can whichever one of you guys, um, I guess I'll start with Greg first. Uh, tell tell the listeners a little bit about GFN and how you guys came together to build this project. All right, so uh, basically GFN started one day when, you know, me and Black Bible, we usually end up having chats, long video chats on the PS3. So one day Black Bible was on his friends list looking around, and he was just looking at his friends, and he saw everybody was, like, working out and working out. People were doing P90X, Insanity, all those other workouts and stuff like that. So basically, he was like, you know what, I need to, I should start something, like a website for gamers that want to work out and that want to be healthy. So we, he, we we talked about it in the chat, like here and there, we juggled around the idea, and then one day he's like, you know what, I'm going to start it, because I feel like this is something I can do to make a difference for gamers all around the world. So basically, that's how we, that's how the idea started in the chat, it was just something that we talked about, and then after it just evolved into like the site that we're doing now, and it's like doing, and we're doing like really good things, we have a whole bunch of like doc, doctors such as Helen uh, Helen Keller, for uh, contributing to the site. Wait, wait, I got to break that in. First and foremost, just for people who don't know, my name is Antoine. That's my but Most people know me as Black Bottle. That's my gamer tag, and that's why I'm known almost everywhere. Second, we don't have Hella Keller. You know, Hella Keller, my bad, my bad. I was about to say, that was a mistake on my part. Yeah. She, she's alive. She's alive. She's hidden somewhere, something maybe. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, I have, I have to do a double take. I know she don't got a Braille keyboard. I know she don't got a Braille keyboard right now. And I, know, I know she's not typing about her weight routine with her Braille keyboard. So I, had, I, I knew somebody had to correct that. But, but again, yeah. let, 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 me not, let me not slow the flow. Let, go ahead, you guys. Put it out there. No, I mean, but pretty much, like, well, like I said, first of all, you know, I might sound a little hazy. I've been doing so much promoting for Game of Fit Nation that my voice is really, really, you know, hazy. You hear I me? Mean? So bear with me. I mean, but pretty much, like, like Ray said, I mean, I've seen a lot of people working out on on, on uh, my friends list and everything. A lot of people would talk about health and stuff, but I wanted to create a place that could do that. But what really pushed me was the fact that. I also realized I wanted to tackle something deeper. I wanted to tackle video game addiction. And, um, I mean, it was a story that came on CNN about this Korean mother and father who were so addicted to video games that they let their child starve to death. And that really, you know, touched home for me because I have a daughter, and I, I would never put a game before my daughter, you know? So, I mean, I, I felt like I was compelled to do it. I felt like somebody had to step up and say, yo, we got do something about health in general, not just fitness, but health, period. So I got my peoples together and found out everybody had a talent for something. And, you know, from us being just a community, we've evolved 
a whole lot. Now we have dietitians, doctors who contribute to the site, and therapists who contribute to the site. And the best part is they're all gamers, so it's no bites. There's no, uh, you know, one side stronger than the other. It's a balance between both. That, that, that's the best way to do it. I think that's one of the things, you know, when we met at Comic-Con, for, for those of you that know, don't know, Black Bible and I, we tested Connect Together. You can check that out on My Take Radio TV on YouTube. And, um, you know, he gave me his card, and I checked it out, and I, and I went to Gamer Fit Nation. I was really impressed at the fact that there was a, a knowledge base of, of, of people that weren't just gamers but that knew their stuff. You know, like, like Greg had said, they were talking about P90X. You know, they were talking about training programs that I talk about just in the gym, whether it's, you know, P90X or Insanity or 555, like people, and, you know, of course, dieting and stuff. So I, I found it very refreshing to see a, a community based on that. So definitely, you know, no, no bullshit. Um, you guys are doing a great job with it. Man, I appreciate that, man. I mean, yeah, uh, like I said, Greg here, man. Uh, well, he's known as Whitwick, so, you know, a lot of people who know him knows as Whitwick, but we, I, I call him Greg. But, you know, he, he was there from thick and thin. We we went through the ropes and we pulled the site together. And like I said, our sites evolved. We have more relationships with gaming companies than ever. We've only been doing this since, what, July? And we've established strong relationships with major companies that it takes most uh, people who start up sites like years to get. So, you know, we're very happy about that. Right, Greg? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Black <laughs> been doing his thing. Black Lives been working hard. I mean, I just, this guy, like, you don't understand. Like, this guy, sometimes he doesn't even sleep. Like, I know, I know Richard said he doesn't sleep too. Yeah, like, but Black Lives, this guy really does not sleep. Like, he, like, I think <laughs> yesterday, like, he probably slept this morning, probably, like, for like an hour or two, I think, at the most. Like, he puts in well, a lot of work and a lot of dedication to what he does. Well, yeah. are you guys at the stage where you guys are doing GFN full-time, or, or are you guys balancing that with real jobs? Because, I mean, I'm doing, I'm doing everything for MTR, but, you know, I got a real job. How do you guys balance it out? I see. That's the thing. Like it, 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 it actually ties into what Greg was just saying. Like my lack of sleep because my my real job is an overnight shift. <laughs> you know what I mean? So basically, overnight I can get stuff done. But as soon as I come home, that's also the daytime where a lot of people are more active. So it's like I get a couple hours of sleep and then I'm back on GFN. I mean, I, it's it's more so like. <clears throat> You know, if if I have to say the balancing act, I prefer to work more in GFN than doing what I do to make an actual living as far as money. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. I feel like I get more out of it. I mean, uh, yep. for example, <laughs> this year, we met at Comic-Con. Yeah, I mean, like you said, uh, we played the Connect, and you were awesome. We were sitting there doing the river bullet and everything. This man got some energy, so give it up to my <laughs> talk. <laughs> my take, my take. No, but I mean, yeah, like, and uh, me personally, like, I'm just, I'm a full-time student. I mean, I work, too, you know, and I work on the site here and there when I can. I try to give Black Bible the support he needs, you know. I can't let him do all the work himself, you know. I got to pull my weight, too, so, you know, anytime I can give him a hand here and there, like, I just, I, I do it, you know what I'm saying? Because I can't let the guy do everything himself. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's also that, uh, you know, I'm sorry, I didn't cut you off, man. <laughs> it's also... We have a great team, and uh, it took me a while to get that team that I could really put my trust into. 
I have a great team. We uh, so I want to just say mad love to Brittany. You know, uh, Figaro. She's been there with me through thick and thin. She's a Game of Fit Nation um, uh, 2010 editor of the year. Um, we also got Maya. We call her Maya Sharona behind her back yeah. because I don't know it just flows. But <laughs> you know, her name is Maya Sharon. She also uh, she also writes for uh, Gamer Girls on the uh, dot com. Yeah, uh, they've been on the show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and, and I mean, this is the kind of type of uh, support. I'm getting, you know, I appreciate that help so much, you know. So I just wanted to point that out. <clears throat> you know, the, one of the things I, I had wanted to ask you, when you guys um, started this out in July and you were doing Comic-Con, did you did you think that the turnout would be as huge as it has been where so many gamers are, are, are you know, are, are gym rats, as I like to say? And not only that, but how do you feel that, the gamer stigma continues to be, you know, the fat, out of shape, cheese doodle, Mountain Dew drinking generation. How do you guys feel about being associated with that? I'll let you take that, Greg. What? What happened? The... <laughs> God, <laughs> go ahead, Greg. You got that, well, Greg. Go ahead. <laughs> I mean, I feel that we, that we can handle that pretty well because, you know, what? that's what we're all about. We're all about trying to get people healthy and trying to make them, you know, maintain a healthy lifestyle because, a lot of the times, because since before I came to the site, I was pretty much an unhealthy person. Like I used to weigh, I used to weigh about two hundred, maybe two hundred and five pounds. And since I've been on the site, I've lost probably thirty pounds just working out and just learning from my peers in the site, like a whole bunch of stuff about working out. So that in that regard, like it's it's pretty much changed my whole lifestyle. Like Game for Nation is about kind of changing your lifestyle from being just completely gaming into like just being making a balance between game, gaming and being healthy and maintaining your healthy lifestyle and trying to pursue that goal that you want to reach in your in your weight management. But you know what? It's like um, it's also what it is. It's like uh, <clears throat> I'm sorry, my, I told you my throat is crazy. Well, Don't basically, worry about it, man. yeah, you, you, it's kind of not hard to really find gym rats and everything. But the problem is. Uh, especially when we first started, we found that people didn't really want to find that balance. It's yeah. like they all they either wanted to talk about gaming all the time, or yeah. they wanted to be about health all the time. And the problem is, it, it just created a divide. So we kept like trying to reinvent ourselves. We kept trying to we put out surveys to try to find the right niche to you know appeal to the crowd. I mean. It, it, at the end of the day, it comes up to the individual to make the choice to say, you know, you want to do that, you know, find that balancing act. And finally, people are starting to come around. As far as the, the view of how people see us uh, as gamers, I say us because I consider myself a gamer. And That's I don't right. feel like you should be ashamed of being called a gamer. You know what I mean? Right. I'm not. You should. I'm a, Exactly. Every time I go to one of these events, I kid you not, I'm sitting there with the president of Nintendo. I'm sitting there with the head of ETHQ. And I'm saying, yo, it's, it's bad, whereas uh, a person in gaming who has their own site or something, you know, they can't just say, hey, I work in gaming. You know what I mean? Like your mom comes up, hey, son, what you doing for a living? I work in gaming. And then she gives you that look like, okay, yeah, like, what do yeah, we like, do? Yeah, like, what's <laughs> that? That's, that's not a job. That's not a job. Play video games for a living. I, I, I can oh, do that yeah, too. Sure. No, like you should be able to walk it proud. An actor and a producer doesn't go around and uh, is a, a 
they're not afraid of saying I'm not in, you know, uh, uh, I'm in movies, you know. Uh, yeah. But, you know, I do have this other job I got. And that's what they just say, yeah, I'm a freaking movie star. I'm an actor. I'm a producer. So why can't gamers do the same? Exactly. Yeah, that's that's one thing that I find I find very disingenuous about about being being a gamer, that people can turn around and as soon as you say it, you know, like, usually, you know, I, you guys see, I mean, I, I go and I tell people I'm a gamer and they're like, you play games? Really? Like, like that's what you do? And exactly. I'm like, yeah, like, like I'm like, yeah, and they, you know, like, like I've gotten it all. I mean, I've been in high school. I was, you know, I've been the chubby kid. I've been, you know, I, I've been the yeah. guy who's been asked to be juices. I've been, you know, I've been in, in all the different stigmas that you can associate with all the different facets of whether it's gaming or fitness. I've been, I've been grouped into them for different reasons, and I just feel that, you know, there is a balance, and you know, game companies are starting to see that because there's more physical exactly. play getting pushed out there now than in the last 10 years, you know, between the Wii, the Connect, the Move, the initiative to make gamers more social, which actually is going to lead me to um, the Yahoo News article I wanted to discuss with you guys, but I know that Slick, uh, my producer, he wants to actually get in on this as well. Uh, let me bring him on yeah. real quick. Slick, what's going on, dude? What's up, fellas? Hey. What's going on, man? I wanted to really comment first. You know, say congratulations on the site and everything, and thanks for having Rich on, man. Yeah, um, I wanted to comment on what you were saying about the balance and everything because of what you said about that stigma of calling yourself a gamer and why I think, you know, people are really backwards in saying that. I mean, let's look back to when, you know, we were kids, when rap was first getting big. You take the Fresh Prince. Somebody will walk up to him and say, I'm a rapper. It's like, that's not a job. But now the Fresh Prince yeah. is Will Smith. He makes millions of dollars a picture, and where did he start? Rapper. I mean, you, you say, somebody will say that, you know, you, somebody will ask you what you do for your hobby. You say you're a gamer. It's like, they, they'll say, you act like something's wrong with that. But I mean, look at what look at what you have to do these days just to be a gamer. The PlayStation exactly. Three, the day it dropped, was five hundred and ninety nine dollars, six hundred dollars. I'm a person who has, you know, I don't do anything illegal. I got my own money. I live on my own, and I can buy a PlayStation Three the day it comes out. I'm a gamer, but I still, you know, I do what I have to do to get along in life. I mean, if you can pick up something like that the day it comes out, you're doing something right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly right. And you know what? That's a whole other thing. Like, um, it's funny because gamers kind of like they feed the stimulus that already exists about us. Like, uh, the government and uh, different polls already suggest that we're nothing. Like, we're syphilis drifts. If you're in the gaming category, then you ain't worth crap. And the bad part is gamers feed on that, and they kind of, I mean, I watched it. You know, if you're good at a game and you're kicking somebody's butt, uh, here's my favorite line of all time. <laughs> you, live, you, you, yeah, you, live, you live in your uh, mom's basement. <laughs> you're a fat bastard that lives in your mom's basement. That's my favorite line. Or, you know, no, I mean, what about this? It's quite the opposite. <laughs> but it's just more so, 
it's so commonly used, not because it's just, you know, the ultimate this, but it's commonly used because, you know, anybody in the area, especially if you're that good, that's how people view us. They view us as fat bastards who live in our mama's basement. Exactly. And and and, and you, have, you have no life, no social life. You just stay in your room and you just play video games all day. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Oh, trust me, I, I've been good like, you know, Greg can tell you, because, you know, like I said, this man, me and him knew each other for a long time. We knew each other, we met each other because of games. It's, yeah, it's almost about to be uh, two years I've known Black Bible. Yeah, strictly off gaming. Most people That's know crazy. me from gaming. Like, either, most yeah, people know gaming. me from gaming. Yo, they never see me in person. They only know me online, and I have real solid relationships with these people. You know what I mean? Like, we're cool, we never saw each other, and now we're all getting to a point where we're like, oh, yeah, we got to hang. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I, I respect that. And the whole reason I'm saying that is because, you know, it, what can be really bad about that? You know what I mean? Like, I got I got a good friend out of the deal, you know, and like I said, this man's been with me, and um, me and him play games together, and... Uh, he knows me. I'm a, I'm a character. Like most, oh, yeah. if you if you don't like me, it's understandable because when I get in the video game mode, uh, I'm an asshole. We've <laughs> 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 all, all been there. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean, there was this one time, you know, I kind of got him banned by accident. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh yeah. Shit. <laughs> yeah, that, but but that's for another time though. Who saw you in on that? Yeah, we'll, we'll tell you about that another time. You know, the the, the Black Bible Chronicles, uh, chapter <laughs> sixteen. Wait, wait, get the Black Bible banned from the PlayStation forums. Jesus. <laughs> Terrible. You got anything else to add, Slick? Um, just I mean, I know what you're saying with the developing. You know, true friendships through gaming. I mean, I met Richie playing like Burnout and Street Fighter. And we found out we both lived in Queens, and that's how we hooked up. And you know, he picked up my tech radio. He told me, you know, check it out. I called him a couple of times, and then I started helping him with the show. That's yeah. how it works. Just yeah, off, you just off gaming. Yeah, exactly. Oh, you know, I just want to add something because I know we're about to move into the subject of that uh, whole uh, depression thing. But before we get into that, I'm, I'm looking at the chat, and somebody just said something that uh, I really just want to point out. I hate World of Warcraft. <laughs> <laughs> I think World of Warcraft is the black cocaine of video games. I feel like that's the reason why video game addiction exists. And of course, MMOs are the reason why video game addiction exists because <laughs> yo it's yo i know dudes who forget there's a real world i know guys i know a guy you know that game persona he believes that's yeah. a real world <laughs> i should do not he believes that's a real world he believes that's he lives in the world of persona he walks bad. around with a freaking wooden sword and i mean he almost got his ass kicked a couple of times about it i hate world of warcraft so I just want to point that out. It's on the That's record. all right. It ain't no harm in that. I'm not. I don't play PC games, not because I don't like them, but because the PC for me is a, is a, is a, is to make money. So I do all my gaming on consoles, and I save my PC for work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's it. PC PC for me it equals dollar sign. That's it. Yeah, exactly. 
the MMO games take entirely too much out of your life. And it's like, when you want to play games, I mean, the fact of the matter is, even though you may, you know, in a healthy way balance the rest of your life, in the back of your mind, let, let's be honest, when you're working, wouldn't you rather be playing video games? Yeah. When you're doing a lot of your, your regular stuff, wouldn't you rather be playing video games? The problem is with the MMOs because they never really shut off. Even when you're not playing it, somebody else is. It's like it's that much harder to walk away from it, and that's where these stupid kind of these stigmas that you know all you do is play games. That's where these things come from. So I mean, I can share that you know this taste for MMOs and World of Warcraft. Exactly. I mean, yo. I mean, and real talk. Anybody who's in the gaming world, you've had to see it at least once. But you've all, everybody had to run into a video game crackhead. And I hate to call it a video game crackhead. <laughs> no, they do exist. no, you're right. <laughs> they do exist. It's video game yes, crackheads. They look just like a regular crackhead, but they're much more <laughs> video game knowledgeable. Like, like when they talk, you can just tell, like, oh, what do you play? Uh, well, I'll play WoW. I, I clocked like well, seventy hours. Um, um, yeah. Oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, yeah. Uh, yeah, I play WoW. I'm gonna I'm gonna be positive. Of gaming. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's get in the argument. Like, hey, man, you made me mad. You know what? You know what? I will freaking. You're lucky you're not WoW because I will pass a pile of magic thing at you. I feel like I'm a night elf war. Yeah, what's my smite? My level eighty warlord. <laughs> nothing nothing is worse than those than those hardcore dudes that do that and they bring the shit into the real world. Like if I were a level eighty seven fairy right now, I would f you up. And I just look at them. And I'm just like it's like it's like you're you're a you're a two hundred and eighty pound out of shape dude with body odor, a skin condition and glasses. Exactly. And you're a level eighty fairy in in a virtual world and I'm supposed to take you seriously. Exactly. Uh, yo, uh, uh, the funniest thing, true story, yo, this dude, like I said, the same guy who I say he believes the world for something exists, yo, he pissed people off in the store so much, these guys are about to jump him, right? I swear, hands down, I swear to you this happened. My man pull, takes his, sword, his wooden sword, turns like he's going to pull it out and says, I'm prepared to defend myself. <laughs> he should have got beaten to death on principle. He should have got beaten to death on principle. And I see, I see the lines are, I see the lines are filling up. I got, I got one, I got one more caller. I think it's uh, one of our regulars. Uh, where is he? Dark helmet. What's up? Yo, with all this wow stuff, I, I just had a crazy idea I want to share with you guys. Oh no! Here we go. Okay, as some of you know, I live in Florida, and every year there's this big event called Megacon. Yeah. And it is, yeah, it's like on level of like your Comic-Con stuff, but it's just mixture. Can you imagine if I just walked around with a huge S wearing my fuck GameStop shirt and wearing a, or walking around with a sign that says, Wow, sucks. Oh, you get murdered. They would stream you around. Yeah, yeah, they'll take out the piles of Mike the Hulk, Mohawk, and they will f you up with it. They're like, what? You know what? 
You're lucky, man. <laughs> okay? You're lucky the mods are watching right now, because if the mods weren't watching, you'd be done, dude. <laughs> uh, I got another one. I got another one on the back of the sign. I'll just have epic mount and an arrow pointing down to the head, and I'm um, carrying uh, around my waist. You know, oh, no, Rob, you you need. Alright, I'm Anything else, Rob? <laughs> uh, maybe later. Just figured I'd join in with a little mayhem. Alright, uh, <laughs> thanks for the call. Yo, nice to meet you. Uh, nice hey. to meet you. Yeah, Rob. Uh, Rob is our resident. He works for Universal Studios, so you know he sees a lot of weird shit. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. But um, <laughs> I I wanted to discuss this with you, and and it ties into a letter I had gotten because people don't, you know, they always want to know more about me as an individual. But I want to share this with you guys, and I'm glad I had you guys on for this. But Yahoo News put out January 17th that video game addiction is tied to depression and anxiety in kids. And I'm just going to pull out some key points. Um. The first part is a new study found that children who are more likely to become addicted to video games, which researchers call pathological video gaming, are those who spend a lot of hours playing these games, have trouble fitting in with other kids, and are more impulsive than children who aren't addicted. Once addicted to video game children are more than likely to become depressed, anxious, and have other social phobias. Uh, what do you guys think of that? <laughs> So wait, I mean, you want to go on that first? Because I, I got yeah. nothing to say, but I'll let you go. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll go on it first. Personally, for me, I don't feel that gaming leads to depression and anxiety like all these studies are saying. I mean, there's a whole bunch of other factors at school. Maybe, like, the kid just isn't liked. The people don't like him. He just feels depressed like people don't like him. I mean, you can't say you go home and you play video games. Like, if the kid's really good at it, then he's going to be happy that he's good at it. But, like, if, it, if sometimes... People are depressed because they make themselves depressed. I mean, true. You can't you can't just go around and be like, oh, I'm I'm sad. I have no friends. Like that's on the person. You have to go out and make a change in your life to make yourself under like not depressed. You know what I mean? Like because some of these people are just like, well, I have no friends. Like why don't you have any friends? Are you making an attempt to have friends? Like if a person is making an attempt and they're not have they're not making any friends, like that could be something like just something that just, that just happens. I mean, not everybody's gonna like you. And, That's and right. You know what I mean? But you know what? I'm going to say I'm going to agree with you, but I'm also slightly disagree. And I'm going to tell you why. <clears throat> like, basically, like, I know how I feel because when I was younger, you know, I be I had, like, a problems with my emotions personally. Like, I, my problems were I didn't know how to handle it. I didn't have. But the key thing was I let my parents be in there. You know what I mean? Like, your parents, it, it, it all falls down to parental guidance. You know what I mean? If your parents, you know, show you how, you know, you're supposed to, you know, help you understand your emotions, your feelings, you have to have a control. So depression falls in line with, you know, yeah, I'm alone sometimes, but at the same time, you're alone because, you know, no one's there. I mean, some people don't have parents. And the reason why I bring parents into it, because to me, when it comes to video game addiction, they play a big part. Some parents just don't feel like dealing with their kids, so they park them in yep. front of the screen all day. That's and right. That's, that's what's real. They say, you know what? You did your homework. <laughs> Yo, go, go go, sit down play video go games. Yeah, go away. So I can, so I can watch my soap opera, talk to my girlfriends, or oh, two of oh, my boys oh. and all that. You know? Yeah, it's it's true. I you know I looked at it from both angles. I just feel that that gaming has become so much of a community atmosphere now, especially with Xbox Live 
and PSN and and like you were saying, you know, just becoming, you know, you became friends with Greg strictly on through that avenue. I think that to to just throw the stigma just on video gaming is is for me bullshit. Just because, like you said, you know, parents are the parents are are a conscious part of that. It's like you you know you 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 shouldn't let. A, a TV or a video game console raise your children, and then exactly. then blame it because you know the the demographic can't defend that genre. It's like you know the gaming community doesn't come out of their way to say, "Look, our games aren't violent." They just go, "Oh, you know, parents are full of shit." But nah, they gotta I'm look tell you straight up. Nah, I'll tell you straight up, yo. I I know parents who buy like their kid freaking Grand Theft Auto, right? They get them out of yeah, their head. But as soon as their kid goes outside, cracks some other kid over there, head with a bottle and takes their little girlfriend or some stuff like that, then they want to say, yo, I blame it on the video games. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, it, it's a bad part. part. I mean, it's giving games a bad rap for, like, you know, parent, parents not really being there. Yo, yeah, exactly. You know, Yo, watch it. Yo, we have a product rating on video games now. Use that. You know what I mean? That's right. Like, yo, sit with your kids, yo. It's, well, how much time? You have, uh, what, uh, hour with your kid, uh, two hours with your kid if you want to sit there and play games with them. You know what I mean? Like, you know, monitor what they do. Don't be Absolutely. Like, it's stupid. I mean, well, it's, it's, not like, it's not like the kids are, like, going – Going into parents' pockets, taking the money and buying the violent video games. It's the parents That's going right. with the That's kids the and buying the. Will. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that is true. But you know what? <laughs> I felt that that the second part of the study, which I'm going to share with you guys, totally took the study and tossed its validity out the window. And it's this: the study included 3,034 children and teens from Singapore. 743, yeah, 743 were in third grade, 711 were in fourth grade, 916 were in seventh, and 664 were in eighth. The children came from six primary schools and six secondary schools. Five of, five of the schools participating were all boys' schools. Almost 2,200 of the participants were male. Wow. See what I'm saying? Like, you make these yeah. studies, you invest all this money... And then yeah. you go and you interview kids in fucking Singapore. They, they they're over there playing with dirt. Exactly. <laughs> Let's keep it real. No, but at the same time, yo, where's the control? Because every, every study, for every test, you're supposed to have a control. There's no control in exactly. that. Exactly. Like, nope. a lot of these studies, what they do is, like, they use the information to try to prove their own point, but they don't really show an accurate rep representation of the actual exactly. study that they're trying to show. If they can show their point, they can prove that what they're trying to say is true. Like, it's all in the numbers. Like, you said 3,000 kids, like, and 2,000 of them were male. That, that you, you yeah, can't that's like, like all that, kids. That's like off going off downstairs of that to my corner and, you know, going in the corner seeing, you know, every, uh, seeing five guys out there who I know sell drugs and they make a study. You know, every five, one in five people in the park sell drugs. Hey, yo, <laughs> like, what kind of study is that? You know what I mean? Like, you, and especially in a situation where you know that, you know, these people, like, they chose Singapore for a reason. Who the hell goes to Singapore unless you're just going there to be a traveler? You know what I mean? Nobody, nobody cares about Singapore like that. It's true, and that's why I wanted to share that with you guys because, you know, the article, you know, was on the front page of Yahoo, and I clicked it, and I'm reading I'm like, okay, okay. And then I get to the Singapore part, and I go, all right, this article's bullshit. And this is what I wanted to – um to share with you guys, my, I, I, my, my story 
murders this argument. And, you know, for you guys, you know, I put some of it in the article, but for the listeners and, and you know, one of the listeners that emailed me, I'll be real with you guys. I, um, you know, I lost my mother to cancer in 2000. And, uh, yeah, hey, man, it's all good. I, you know, I, I lost her to breast cancer. During that, during that time, you know, while she was sick, um, I played games a lot uh, just as a way to, to ease my problems, you know, and, and to, to not think about what was going on as an escape. It didn't change my personality. On the contrary, it helped me fight the depression I was going through, something I've never shared, you know, with, you know except personally I'm going to put it on air. When, when my mother was sick, I contemplated killing myself twice, twice, and I didn't because, you know, I had my responsibilities to, to both my sisters, but I contemplated it twice. I attempted it once, and wow. it, during that time, you know, I played, I played games. I was, you know, a lot of tech in, a lot of stuff, and it helped, you know, offset that. It helped just, just allay the, 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 you know, the, the heartbreak I was going through. My oldest yeah. sister, she's 21. She has autism, and when we found out she had autism, the first motor skills she developed were playing Mario on the NES. You know what wow. I'm saying? So to sit there and, you know, and now she, she carries a DS wherever she goes, and she plays Nintendo consistently she has every nintendo console excluding the wii she's played every game and it's a creative outlet for her and the fact is that you know to sit there and i read all these studies and and you know i you know i I go into certain facebook groups that people are that listen to the show are members of and they're like oh you know this is an article that's old hat and it's gotten it's gotten you know it's always talked about every week and it sucks and you you shouldn't waste your time. I wanted to actually acknowledge the article because I wanted to show that I'm living proof that, you know, you can play the games and you get out of it what you put into it. You know, I play the games. They're they're therapeutic. They were relaxing. They helped me cope during that time. They still do on occasion. And the fact that people sit here and cite that as an excuse for for their children not doing what they need to do is, is it, it appalls me, especially, you know, you know, you know like Bible as a parent, you know, if your child misbehaves in school and you go up there and they tell you, hey, you know, your child has been misbehaving and blah, 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 and, you know, he hit a kid with, with, with a table, you know, you're not going to blame it on the game. You're just going to blame it on the fact that your kid acted out. Yeah, but I'm going to say this, you know, because, you know what, Something I saw, I was at the Little Big Planet um, event. They had a uh, Little Big Planet Guinness Book of World Records event. They broke a lot of records, so big up to the Media Molecule and PlayStation for that. But there was one thing I saw. Like, uh, I saw this, you know, this strong, you know, husky kind of built white guy walk up to me with a smile, and he gave me a handshake. And I'm like, hey, strong handshake. And I'm like, you know, I'm thinking he's like, you know, a radio show host or he's a, another person of media. And then he says, uh, oh, no, I'm here with my kids. Uh, they do the Little Big Plan podcast. I'm like, really? And I, so I, I looked because I heard the Little Big Plan podcast. But the one thing I didn't know, that they, they were freaking kids. They're teenagers. They're, they're really young. And I'm looking at it, and I'm looking at both parents there supporting their kids and what they do. 
And at the same time, they, they have a popular podcast. They were invited to New York by Sony, and the kids, they're doing their own production themselves. They're doing their own editing by themselves, and their parents support them. And that's, it, was, it was pure positivity, and that, it really impressed me. And I was like, yo, I, I got mad love for you guys because that's, that's what's key. You're there for your kids, and your kids are doing right. They're not selling drugs. They're not robbing cars. They're, they're getting smarter, and they're building off of what they love. You know what I mean? When you can turn what you love into a moneymaker, that's awesome. Absolutely. You know, I I wanted I wanted to you know I wanted to emphasize the you know share the story and the emphasis of how how skewed these studies can be, and I wanted to to take the opportunity and cite myself as an example, just because I knew that in me sharing that, that you know it's it's always therapeutic, but it also shows that you know you can't act out based on what you do in a game you know a good parent will tell your kid yo don't you know don't regardless of how you tell them like don't do this or I'll fuck you up you know regardless of how you do it you know being there and 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 advocating right and wrong and and how to do just good parenting it's not something that you find in a book it's something that you just take your life experiences and pay it forward if you play games and you and you did shitty in school you got to make sure that if your kid plays games Hey, make sure you do your homework first. Exactly. You know, but um, Absolutely you know, right. I wanted, I wanted to, I wanted to touch on that with with you guys, and um, you know, the, to to shy away from the from the gloom and doom a bit, um, <laughs> I uh, I actually also wanted to talk some 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 of the gaming news that happened this week. Of course, you guys covered <laughs> the 3DS launch, and um, what were your thoughts on the on the unit? And, and how it looked and how it played. Oh, man, you talk about the uh, 3DS PlayStation event. Uh, I mean, no. Whoa. Wow. That's whoa, bad. Whoa. Yeah, Nintendo, yeah. man. Yo, my father said no. I'm already. I still love you, though. No. 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 I went there, and, uh, you know, I swear, I'm sitting here. I'm outside. It's cold, but at the same time, I'm so excited. I feel like a kid again because, you know, I feel like that kid who just opened up a brand new Nintendo. I, I can't wait to get in and see it, right? Yo, I kid you not, as soon as you walk in, you see this guy standing at the door with 3DS and full 3D. And I, the first thing I opened my eyes did was go outside my head and then clap and say, oh, my God. This is really <laughs> Yo, yo. That was my first time seeing the 3DS in person, and I was always curious, how can you do 3D without glasses? Man, that thing was beautiful. It is absolutely gorgeous. You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, I just, I don't, there's no words to describe that. I, I, I got to watch it. 3D, everything. Pre-ordered. That's how I describe it. Oh, pre-ordered, <laughs> exactly. Okay. Uh, and you know, you know, they had the, they had this, they fed us breakfast and everything. But I don't care. You don't care about the breakfast. You don't care about the 3ds. No way. Yeah. You don't care about the damn breakfast. You just want to be like, can I just play the console? <clears throat> Thanks. I'm gonna tell you the one thing that shocked me. I've always said handhelds need a motion, a gyroscope, like a, a motion control assist. And they announced it. I was like, what? So not only is it 3D, it has motion control, like. Yo, I kid you not, I had, that's why I lost my voice. I had the whole room looking at me because they just loved my reaction. I'm just going crazy, like, holy crap, look what you could do. Yo, oh, that thing's beautiful, man. 
It's like alien technology came to the table. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's, that's a good way. That is a that's a good way to look at it. And and you know one 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 of our guys, Josh, he wrote an article about it because you know there's been a huge outcry, you know, from from the gaming community about the price. And but before I get your take on the price, yeah. Before I get your take on the price, I'll, I'll be I'll be real with it. I the two forty nine at first it's sticker shock just because it's a handheld, but you're paying the same thing for an iPod, you know. Yeah, so exactly. I kind of looked at it. Exactly. I looked at it that way, and I'm like, you're paying for the technology. I'm sure it's going to drop, but you know, the the initial shock. I think a lot of people are just taken aback by the fact that you're paying two forty nine for a handheld when your home console is less, which, you know, is definitely an issue. And, you know, to be honest, I feel that the Wii is kind of on its way out, especially, yeah. with, the 3D, especially with the 3DS. But when you, when you heard it was 249 you know, it, either one of you can answer it first. How did you react initially? I'm going to let Wii answer it first because he already knows my opinion. Because he's a cheap, cheap, cheap no. nasty. So you're going to get the cheap Of course I'm cheap. Ain't money got cheap money like that. I'm a gamer. I'm a cheap gamer. I'm trying to buy games, man. <laughs> all right. All right. First of all, my reaction to it was like 249 I was like, really? I told this man when he was going to the event, I told him to talk to Reggie and get me a discount. He still didn't give me my discount. <laughs> I'm still mad at you. <laughs> all right. But, what I, but to be honest, Two forty nine. I mean, it's a it's a steep price, but when you think about it, you're getting three D technology included in a handheld without without glasses for two hundred and fifty dollars. That alone is cheap in that aspect for the technology. Because when you when you think about it, CES just passed, and you had uh, Sony announced they had a, a handheld camera for two forty nine. People were like, "Oh, that's cheap," but you're having a gaming system that can play games. You know how, why online? You can play online, take 3D pictures. Apparently, they want they want to in the future make 3D video. Apparently, what they're talking about. Hopefully, they yep. want to do that. And uh, you have a Wi-Fi connection. I mean, it's a pretty good deal. I mean, it's not bad. You know. I'm gonna say this. Go ahead. Man. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. You get... No, no, man, man. The floor is yours. All right, I'm gonna say this. Nintendo spoiled you all. That's what happened. Nintendo spoiled the mess out of you with, you know, great consoles, great technology, but low prices. That's what happened. Because, you know, look at the PSP. The PSP has, I mean, it's, it's cool, but if you look at how the PSP, I don't know, I got mad love for Sony, but most people don't really play their PSP no more, but they spent $250 on it. They spent $250 on a system they don't really play much no more. Now, I mean, That's right. How many UMDs you bought? Now, with the DS, not only will you play it, but you get a freaking motion control built in it. You get a 3D system. You get a freaking uh, street pass where if you walk past somebody who has a DS, it identifies, lets you know, and you can connect to them. You get a, gyro, a freaking uh, uh, pedometer. As you step, you unlock on points, I mean, coins to use to buy stuff. I mean... What can you expect? It's two hundred fifty dollars, man. Come on, save up. You got two months. Go ahead. Like stop. Nintendo just treated y'all too like y'all was just wanting that what one fifty for all that. Get out of here. I'm gonna tell you well, right now. If you 
if you, if you guys see me in the trash can getting cans off the trash, that's what you're going by. <laughs> you know, here's here's the funny thing that the Sony Sony with the PSP, and I've said this before, Nintendo will always rule the roost as the number one portable gaming company in the game. And what's been happening is that Nintendo realizes that Apple is slowly creeping up on them. You know, they're definitely going to take out Sony because you're competing against a market where games are five bucks. You're getting like Celerometer. If you've seen um, Infinity Blade on the PS on the uh, iPhone, you see that graphically the phone is stepping their game up. The the crazy thing that I that I see happening is the fact that you're only going to be paying this two forty nine for a limited time anyway because we all know Nintendo's notorious. They start high, and then every year or so they'll drop it a little bit or or they'll do a little bundle, and then they'll start making it more worth your while. I think that the that the PlayStation that the PlayStation Portable Paperweight is um, uh-huh. is is dead in the water, and and it's and it's sad because you know Sony felt that they had the upper hand because their games were graphically intensive, but the Nintendo is just a durable system that can take a beating, and for two forty nine you're getting three D without glasses. When you go on eBay right now, and I've talked about this with Slick. To buy Avatar on 3D with two pairs of 3D glasses by itself, it's $400. 400 So yeah. to get that same experience on a handheld console for a fraction of that, not only that, but being able to play all the DS games that you have and also be able to transfer that DSiWare over, I see the rationale in the 250. I just, I'm just bummed at the fact that, you know, the Wii, which is your flagship home console, is less powerful than your handheld. So what are you going to do? Drop the Wii to a hundred bucks? You know what I'm saying? You know the Wii. I I kind of don't. Yo, like you know what? Don't really count Nintendo out because if you think about it, before the Wii was really announced, we kind of did the same exact thing because we were like, well, what's really going to come after the game? Well, GameCube. Uh, you know what I mean? So you you kind of count them out, and you're like, well, we got the big two. Nintendo ain't coming nothing with nothing, and then next thing you know, Nintendo did better than both. So you know, don't really count them out. I just, re- I honestly don't know what they could do, but don't count them out because they they will probably shock you. They're probably working on uh, a 3D TV that's also the Nintendo in itself <laughs> without glasses. So you, you know, I wouldn't be surprised. But what concerns me is the fact that. You went, you know, everybody went, they bought the Wii, it was all revolutionary and stuff. But the gaming, the gaming catalog, let's be real, if you don't play first-party titles, everything else that's on the Wii is is practically bargain bin. It's either chicken cool. shoot, chicken shoot, or, or, you know, shaking baby mama, cooking mama, cake mama, you know, all this bullshit. And the only games that, that are continuously doing great things are first-party games. You know, the Mario Galaxies, the, the all those games that are still in the top ten two years after they're out. And it just bothers me that Nintendo just, they're like, yeah, we'll just keep feeding them the same Mario and Mario Kart shit. No, and I it's unfortunate. No offense to Nintendo, but the one thing, you know, they they did right at first was they didn't try to go off the hardcore games because they, they said, we're going to be in the casual system. We're going to be the system yep. you play with your family. But at the same time, Hardcore gamers, you know, you can't... You spend money. Uh, yeah. You know what? The Wii Wizard, it's not really built for hardcore games. That frame code thing is... It's, it's, kid, it's supposed to be 
to uh, there to help kids, you know, make sure that, you know, they're safe online. So that should let you know right there off the bat because you yeah. go to too much just to play your friend. You know, me and Whit, we started, like, friend up, and it took us, like, a good half hour just to, you know, do a friend code. Yeah, exactly. What the hell? <laughs> It's 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 a sad state of things, and I think that you know Nintendo now they're trying to get you know by putting Street Fighter Four at the forefront, you know they're really trying to get those third party publishers behind them. But again, when you look at their first party offerings, it's it's you know the only first party game on there that's you know a brand new game is Kid Icarus. You know, Animal Crossing, Legend of Zelda, Mario Kart. Star Fox 64, it's it's not, you know, not not to be a complete dick about it, but it's shit we've already played. So I'm glad that they're going out of their way to showcase the third-party stuff. Because yeah, after, how many times are you going to play Mario Kart? Let's be real. How many no, no, times I'll tell you. I'm going to tell you right now how Nintendo's going to do it. And I, I just came up with this. If Nintendo and Apple decide to make a console together, then Nintendo will be a fucking threat. Yep. I agree. I think that here's the thing. Apple definitely shares that same um, closed mentality that Nintendo does in regards to their hardware. You know, Nintendo's not out there putting their hardware technology everywhere. They're like, look, this is our stuff, and we're not sharing it. It's true. If they found a way to work with Apple, it would be game over. The problem is that, you know, you have a a Western influence in Nintendo that is very very centric to to their own core offering. So they're not going to come over here and be like, "Yeah, we're just going to give Apple everything." You know, that that's the problem. They're not they're not very open. So yeah. I, I I would love to see it happen. But I will tell you this, if Apple keeps stepping their game up in regards to portable gaming, when we talk about handhelds 2 years from now, it's only going to be Nintendo and Apple and Sony. Sony's just going to fall off. Nah, see, you know what? Yeah, I don't appreciate that, Rich man, because uh, I love Sony. I personally love Sony. Dude, I love them too, but you know what it is? I'm talking about Apple, I mean, uh, Nintendo, because, you know, I'm always usually back in Sony. I'm not a fanboy. It's just more so I do like Sony. So, you know what I mean? And I do like Nintendo because, you know, you cannot, to me, you cannot be a gamer unless you touch Nintendo. You have to touch Nintendo. That's right, but you know what it is? The The problem with Sony is that they... They're like a, put it like this, they're like a hot chick that wraps their body up in spandex. It's real beautiful when you look at it. But when you take that spandex off and all that cheese come out, your your vision changes. And Sony's all about that. They're all about visual appeal. They're all about, yo, look at our hardware, our hardware, our hardware. It's fantastic. It's great. And then they don't get their foot to gas to get games out there. Now is that they're starting to hit their stride and putting out games, you know, more exclusive titles that people want to play. That's my only issue. I'm going to say this, right? Hardware. Yeah, you're right. I'm going to say this. You know, Sony had, especially with the PS3 coming out the gate, had a rough time. You know what I mean? But the best (laughs) thing, the great thing to happen to Sony was Kevin Butler. That man has pushed more PS3s than I can see. That man has made me pay. I have PS3 for a long time, but he made me buy a Slim because that man is a promo machine right there. So much love to Kevin Butler because Kevin Butler, he gave Sony a a new breath. You know what I mean? Yeah. He made fun of the other consoles. So that, yeah. 
and, and then it's also you gotta remember the problem is everybody looked at the PlayStation Two because remember like the only console that was making hot games back to back before Dreamcast was the PlayStation Two. PlayStation That's right. 2 had, had mad hot games. Not have the, right the catalog to prove it. <laughs> yeah, mad hot games. PlayStation 3 came out, we expected the same thing throughout the gate because nobody, nobody knew how to mess with Blu-ray technology. Now, years passed, we're finally getting onto that level, but Microsoft, uh, you know, they have that promo machine going, and I mean, every time, like, Sony came out with something, they got kind of overshadowed by that promo machine, so it's like Microsoft just was so much more appealing, and, you know, it drew in the frat boys a lot more and everything. But now, uh, I like Sony. I like what they, you know, do. I still have certain problems with them. And I told, them to my, them to, I told Sony about them, like, the other day. I said, you know, a lot of people don't understand that the first day of the new year starts the fitness and health season. I'm like, yep. Sony, you got get fit with Mel B. And, yeah, a little bit of plans come out this month. But, yo, why are you not pushing get fit with Mel B? Why are you not pushing this fight? Yo, like, the fight. This is the time to do it. Because that's right. it settles. Like, there's no better time. And that's, that's, that's right. the problem. I think they put their priorities in the wrong place sometimes. They push the, the heavy hitters and forget about their lightweights that can really do some damage. Yep, they forget about the casual audience. And then, you know, like I said, they're so, they're so hardware-centric that – they they rarely focus on software because even when you look at, at Kevin Butler's marketing campaign, even when they're pro promoting the game, they go out of their way to promote the hardware. You know, it's like, here's God of War 3, and then it's like, you know, it kills gods, it plays movies, it does everything. And that's great, you know, and I respect that, but they lose sight of the fact that, like you said, they have such a great catalog of other games that they really should go out of their way to promote because it's like, yeah, you want me to pay $300 for a system, but... Am I paying three hundred dollars to play movies on it, or am I playing three hundred dollars? Am I paying three hundred dollars to play games on it? And a lot of people lose sight of that. Oh yeah, don't you dare bring up movies because I'm mad at something. Matter of fact, I'm gonna speak to him about. It. I'm gonna write a passionate letter because <laughs> no, no, no. Listen, let me tell you something. I'm a big movie buff. I know we're gonna get in the movie soon. I'm a big, big movie buff. Me and my boys, we've been in chats for hours. We'll be talking about movies and different stuff. The one thing. I said they should do is allow you to watch movies in the chats or something like that, right? I'm saying yeah, this sounds like a farce. This sounds like a stupid idea that only some dude could do it. You know what Xbox does? They go and announce that, hey, guess what? You can watch Netflix and bring all your friends. I want to punch somebody in the face, I swear. I was like, what the? Who is this bullshit? Well, you don't know nobody about Xbox. Nope, you're going you're gonna to laugh because... We do we do a segment on the show that that we you, we put on the on the app on iTunes called the Minority Film Report, and basically one of the guys that reviews movies with me and is on Xbox Live. So we actually go on the Netflix on Xbox, we watch the movie, we we link up on Skype and we record an episode. And let me tell you, a lot of people sleep on that on that aspect of it because you want to promote social gaming, you know, you can just as easily promote social movies or a social game night. Because it's true, we went. We actually ended up seeing Teeth, and um, oh my watched, god! Oh, you yeah. saw Teeth? Yeah, we saw Teeth. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're we we to see Teeth. 
It was, let me tell you, we watched it, we, and it's funny because we're watching it, and, you know, you're watching the movie wearing the Xbox Live headset, and we're clowning this movie, and we're watching dudes getting their junk bit off, and people screaming. It's just, it was so far-fetched and so silly, but the concept, the concept of it is, 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 is so novel and so great, because think about it, nothing is cooler than sitting down watching a couple of movies with your boys and exactly. and having a few laughs. And that was the whole thing. That was promising police station at home. That's why home was going to be it because it was going to have that where you can listen to music together and you can watch movies together. And when that didn't happen, I was like, well, maybe they'll put it on the console. But then that didn't happen. So I said, you know what, maybe they can't do it. Maybe it's not possible. Then fucking Xbox announces, hey, you can do that. And it's only awesome. I'm like, yo, fuck you. <laughs> well, you know what's funny? You would think that they'd do something like that in PlayStation Home with those apartments that they give you, those port, you know, those apartments where you know your avatar can live. It's like, why can't you invite your 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 friends that have avatars to your crib at PlayStation Home and throw a movie on through Netflix? Exactly. Well, you know, like what's so hard about that? Especially since they go out of their way to promote Home, which personally. It, it, you know, I, I call it sausage home because it's just dudes running around talking to, to virtual chicks that sometimes end up just being dudes. It's like it's like training uh-huh. home. It's like <laughs> one point. Yeah. A, a funny thing about that is uh, me and Black Bubba have had we, we've we've actually we've put an oh you got to tell about the time we ran into the Crips at home. Oh, 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 oh I gotta hear this, so please share that. Don't, don't do that. Oh, don't do that. that listen, we actually got pictures. Listen, <laughs> like before we tell you that story, let's give a tiny background. Like me and Wit, we were well known. We were. I don't know if we are now, but we were well known and home. Um, we're me and Wit are um one of the uh you know two of a group of the founding members of PlayStation Home. Yep, I bet. I mean, not PlayStation Home, <laughs> of the nameless ones, all PlayStation Home. Right. Yeah, like, we had the biggest group there, you know what I mean? And a, a, a lot of people that you may or may not know was a part of that group. And I was really known within the nameless ones because I was like the hype man. Uh, and you can associate the nameless ones without saying my name at that point. <clears throat> but the whole thing was, I, the, the reason why we did this is because we wanted a unified front for home. We, we we love home. You know what I mean? And that's what I'm on my point of going to backtrack. We love PlayStation Home. That we want home to be great and succeed. It's like for the greater good of Rome. You know what I mean? The home. Right, right, right. No, I feel you. I feel you. But the the thing that bothered me is like I disappeared off the scene. And I come back and I'm trying to promote it's early uh, you know, days of me trying to get people to come to Gamer Fit Nation, right? So right. I realized oh, it's the early days of people coming to Gamer Fit Nation. So I realized that more dudes talk to you if you were dressed up as a girl avatar. So I dressed up yep. as a girl avatar and I, I was getting more dudes to come to check it out as a girl avatar. So while I was doing this, I noticed something. I noticed a guy popped up with all blue. All blue sneakers, all blue jeans, all blue, all blue shirts, all blue, blue, blue corn, blue corn rolls, and then I'm like, okay. Then I see it, like five dudes pop up with bandanas, all blue, oh all my blue. God. I'm like, then I see a couple more dudes and a chick pop up. I'm like, get 
And then, yo, I'm hearing them saying, oh, yeah, we about the war. If this and that, I hate truces and all that. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Are those the fake-ass crypts of home? <laughs> yo. Gang-banging gang on PlayStation Home. Gang-banging <laughs> I've heard it all. Me and Rick. Yo, I call everybody on my friends list. I say, yo, you got to see this. Nobody really believe me. They can't hear the room. Nobody believe them. Can't hear them on them. Oh my god, they were they were mad. Like like uh, they were sitting there trying to argue and here's the guy's argument. Oh, you got new PlayStation home clothes. Uh huh, your first day home clothes. I said, You really wanna sit here and talk about the clothes I'm wearing as an avatar? Are you stupid? <laughs> that is awful. The awfulness the awfulness of that. See, this is the thing with home. When when Microsoft came out and they dropped Xbox Live, and you had your little avatars and all that, and they started adding all this enhanced functionality, I, I really appreciated the novel approach to it because it was very selective. Then Sony came out with Home, and I remember I signed up for the Home beta test, and I remember I went in there, and I'm walking around because one of the things that frustrated me, and, and since you have such a good relationship with Sony, you can put this in your passionate letter, tell those motherfuckers to stop making me download the mall or my house or any of this other shit every time I log on. <laughs> it's a huge pain in the ass. And one of the reasons I hate doing it, so I go and I'm in, I'm in home and I'm wandering into the mall and it takes the mall like five minutes to load. So, you know, I'm walking in, I'm like, hey, you know, trying to say what's up to people, trying to find people to, to play some games with. And it's just a complete, it, it felt like I was in a lunchroom in high school. Uh-huh. Because you got your, your clicks, and, and it's like, yo, can I get this game in on the little arcade cabinet? It's not, nah, man, I'm next. It's like, you're, you're next on what? A, a virtual console? You're a bastard? Are you kidding me? Like, this was the kind of stuff that, that, that disillusioned my vision of home because I thought it was really innovative. And then they just fucking dropped the ball, and now it's gangs and trannies and but people cool. randomly dancing I mean? in the streets. That's what, what the M1s were. We were that group that said no matter what, if you love places at home, you're a nameless one. The point of creating a group called the nameless ones is to basically give the you know, be larger, so large that people realize that you are a nameless one. It's like, yo, what the reason why people knew me, I didn't care who you were, I'll walk up to you and talk to you and breathe you in and say, Yo, you know what, da 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 Hey, I'm new to home and this and that, come to a meeting. Come to a nameless one's meeting. You're a nameless one. You know what I mean? It was just like that. Now you got so many clicks. You got, you know, mafias in the home and everything. Uh, you got gangs and bloods and crimps and all that. And skinheads. Oh, they're my favorite. The skinheads of home. Oh, wow. <laughs> you know, it's sad. That's terrible. It, it it really is. And that's, that's one of the things that bummed me out with Sony. Like I said, they have this powerful hardware. And, you know... And not to even not to even play the role of this one's better than that one, but you know we tested to connect you and I. It was innovative. It was revolutionary. It was different. I got to play test the Wii with. I mean the, the well yeah the Wii because that's what I'm going to call PlayStation Move the HD Wii with Slick at the Sony store, and we tested it. And we're like it's nice and it's fun and it's and it's very intuitive, but it's just a, a 1080p version of the Wii. It's what the Wii should be at this point. Like, I didn't see any innovation on the PlayStation Home situation, you know? I mean, on the oh, PlayStation yeah. Move situation. I didn't see any innovation there. No, you're absolutely right. All I know is, man, you know, I don't want to completely bash on, 
you know what I mean? I, I, like I said, I got mad love for PlayStation Home. I think there's a lot. Um, glass walls, you know, he takes great care of his products. And the one thing I can say, the best thing I've ever seen for Home is glass walls. Because he actually tries his damnedest to make sure that the people are happy and everything gets done. He tries yeah. to solve the problem. That's the yeah, one I heard thing about I can that, say. Yeah, he, he does everything he can do for PlayStation Homes. And that's my whole thing. When you got a guy like that behind it, it makes you think, okay, there's hope. You know what I mean? You know, so, you know, even though I'm sitting here cursing the Bible, you know, I love it. You know what I mean? I love it a lot. And I want to see it succeed. I want to see things come out of it and everything. I just don't like the fact that, that you have small groups, pockets of groups that try to find a way to just fuck it all up. Yep, to ruin the experience, and it's and it's and it's a, it's a shame. And you know that that's one of the things that turned me off about home. It was you know like I said, the loading of the of your house and the stores and all that, and, and just like just like hey, you know, buy this. You get your virtual house, but you know you got to pay fifty cents to buy a couch, and then you got to pay you know a dollar to buy a lamp, and then oh, you want a door? Oh, this door is going to be three bucks. Like like that kind of. I didn't like that consistent you know, micro-transactioning of the experience because before you knew it, you spent $20 decorating your virtual crib. I'm like, when the hell did you yeah. become second life? Yeah, exactly. Oh, that's true. And another thing I want to add into that is, like, when Home first came out, like, a lot of people just had very great expectations of it. You know what I'm saying? Like, everybody thought this could be something you could just all talk, you know, walk around, hang out, jump into games and stuff like that. And, like... Like in my like in my my opinion, a first impression means everything. You know what I'm saying? Like they messed up with their first impression to the to the public with what home was. Yep. Like it wasn't really anything great. Like if they came out and it had everything that it has now, people would have been like, "Yo, this is actually kind of banging." You know what I mean? But now it's just like people just don't really care. And it like they're trying to give you a reason to go back into home. You know what I'm saying? I've tried. It's, I've tried on numerous occasions. That yeah. loading time is the first turnoff. Exactly. Yeah. I go into it, I'm like, you have to preload everything, and then you have to go through space to space. It's like, and that then when you go into a space, you try to talk to people, like, hi, how you doing? Like, just walk away, run away from you. It's like, you're just wasting your time having your console on, burning it out. There's no point. And then there's other situations like sexual harassment and, yep. you know, bigotry, racism, and all that stupid stuff. And my whole thing is, I mean, you know, you know anybody can talk about the problems. The, the only solution to all these issues is the actual consumers. That's like right. You have to you have to either say, I'm not going to settle for this anymore or we want this to be here. And, and, you, can't, and you, gotta, you can't let stupid people ruin it by saying some dumb shit. Hey, let's have jet packs in the home. No. Let's start with having TVs in the home or something like that. Let's start small. You know what I mean? Stop trying to turn it into... Like this, you know. Let's just start with this, and then we'll move on to the next thing. You know what I mean? I mean, it's we, true. You have to, you have to come together for that. Come to the what? event. I mean, what? How, how many times you gonna really do the, do the, uh, the pop and lock in one spot? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny you said that when when they were doing the beta testing. You know, I had signed up for it through through PlayStation and all this stuff, and um. You know, I got the download, and I'll go in there. And it's like I go in, and people are just dancing in the street and popping and locking. 
and, and it's like, you know, one guy doing the running man for 20 minutes straight. And I'm like, oh, okay, this is, this is just not working. And then, you know, you try to link up with your friends and teleport to their location, and then, you know, everything has to, has to load all over again. You know, it's like what we were talking about when you were saying about the community viewing. You know, it's like, why can't you take a movie like, let's say, The Dark Knight? When The Dark Knight came out in the PlayStation Store, you should have done something where, hey, go to the PlayStation Home Movie Theater, and we can, you can do a community game night, and people can sit in there and watch The Dark Knight. Oh, you know what? You know, if they want to make money, right? You want to talk about money? So, if you if they could stream the Dark Knight, yo, fifty cents to get in the room. That's hey, it. Fifty cents to get in the room. Yeah, or a dollar, a dollar. Yeah, like a real movie. Like, okay, we'll stream the Dark um, the Dark Knight in the movie theater, but you gotta pay a dollar again. That's you it. know what? I think people will pay it. Yep, especially if you do it before it drops on 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 whole on release. Like you know, Sony can secure the rights. It's like they own the rights for Spider-Man. You know, when Spider-Man Three dropped, you could have been like, "Hey, come into PlayStation Home, watch it during community game night. It's a buck or whatever," and people would have sat down and done it because they would have got to see the movie early. But like this, Home would have crashed <laughs> because you know, so many people would have done it. Yeah, I, mean, I agree. Home would have crashed. Like that's like that's something, but. You know what, maybe, I'm going to say in defense of Sony, maybe there's something legal or technical they can't do. But what yeah, bothers me something is, seems amiss. every time but, I give that same excuse, Microsoft turns around and is able to do it. And then I'm like, what the yep. f***? Now you just took away my excuse for Sony. <laughs> no, well, personally, personally what, what I think it is, I think it's the fact that, you know, you know how the PSN, everybody knows PSN is free, of course. But I yep. think is that Sony wants to do everything in a way to where they don't have to pay money to do it. Yep. So they're still, they're still trying to figure out that way of how they can save money to do it. So they're not going to do it because if they, if they have to actually – because let, let, let's be honest, they could do it if they put a little money into it. But the fact of the matter is they, 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 don't put, they don't want to put the money into it because they think they're not going to make enough money back. Yeah, well, yeah. you know, it, that's one thing, and, and, you know, obviously I know – you know, I know Black Bible owns a PS3. Do you own a 360 also, or do you just straight PS3? I, just, I, have, a, I have a 360 now. I have a 360 in the Connect because, you know, that's part of what we do. I'm not biased against a 360. I just, I'm more so uh, jealous of a few features they have. But at the same time, <laughs> when I got on, no, but no, no, here's the thing, though. The one thing I said, maybe I'm missing something, but when I, when I finally got the 360, thinking that I'll probably be a little excited. I just felt bored. I was like, really? This is it? This is the 360? This is all we have to offer? I'm like, I'm bored. What were you bored about? Yeah, there was nothing I really wanted to do. It's like, I'm sitting here, you have this weird, like, you know, uh, maybe I'm so used to the X and B that I can't get used to the way it's set up, the uh, Xbox Oh, the dashboard? Oh, no, the dashboard. That dashboard, it fucking annoys me. You understand? I go through the thing and I get lost. Yeah, I'm lost in this shit. Yeah, I swear, it took me like five tries to find where I downloaded a demo. And then uh, I just felt, I got frustrated. I'm like, and I said, maybe it's because I'm so used to PS3. Because to me, PS3 is just easy. You cut it on, there's your friends, there's the icons, you go to where you want to go. With the Xbox, I just felt like I was in another planet. But And then at the same time, it was like, well, what games do I want to play? So I'm like, well, let me try demos of games that's only exclusive for PS3. So I tried Crackdown. I didn't like it. I was like, you know, what the hell? All this talk about this game, this is boring to me. 
And I'm like, the only game on 360 that I actually wanted to play was uh, uh, Gears of War. That's it. Okay. That, that, well, you know, it's Gears of War. I can I can see where your frustration comes from. You know, I you know I play all three consoles. I will tell you that for single player games and and fighting games, my PlayStation Three gets as much love as humanly possible. When it comes to like community based games and certain other titles and just the online component, the three sixty yeah. gets my attention. Like like you know, I got Need for Speed Hot Pursuit. And on Xbox Live, you know, it really integrates nicely with a lot of the Xbox Live features just because you just got to find that happy medium. So I can understand where your confusion comes from because what I did with the dashboard was I started deleting panels of shit I didn't want to see. You know, like I, like, like I don't need MSN Messenger. I don't use it. I disabled that. You know, I don't need to use Facebook. I mean, it's there, but I don't use it. Or Twitter. It's like, you know, I don't, I don't use any of that. The, mo- the only things that get used are, you know, Last.fm, and Netflix, and, um, you know, the navigation, you'll get used to it, but I think that the problem is for you that you're playing games like Crackdown is a fun game, but it's not a game that accurately represents the, the 360, you know, like Gears of War is a good game for that, you know, as much as people shit on it, Halo is good for that, so so that's the thing, you just got to find that niche of games, I mean, like Street Fighter 4, I actually got it on both systems, because I play online with both sets of people. You know, on 360 and on and on PS3. Plus, you know, I'm I'm really big on Street Fighter, so. Yeah, but you know what? Let me ask this, right? I always ask. This. Now, let's take out the the connect up the equation, because to me, that's the really big thing, the only thing they really got going. Because I like the connect a lot. But okay. take away the connect. I mean, you know, I'm not trying. I'm not like I said. I'm not a fanboy. I'm just being real. But what does 360 have? Like. Like, you know, what really does it have? Like, everything that's not, like, take away everything that's shared, that's, uh, you know, just multi-platform. strictly exclusive. What do they have other than Gears and, uh, and shit? They had Mass Effects, and then that's on PS3 now. So now, you know, Gears and Halo, Halo's done. So what do they have? Alan, no, I, I, under, I definitely understand that. I think that the problem at this point is that, Xbox Live is becomes more uh, Xbox Live becomes the selling point now. You know like all the community based functionality of Xbox Live. All the other stuff is 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 perks. You know because you can't say Netflix anymore cuz PS3 does Netflix. You know you could say Last.fm and Zune and all that shit but Sony has their own store and they do the same shit. I think it all boils down to the fact that the online component is a lot more friendly on the 360. Anybody who who owns multiple consoles that I know personally, I, I tell them, I'm like, which system gets the most love? And they go, well, you know, I like playing the Call of Duty stuff. So, you know, I like playing it online on the 360 versus on the PS3 because trying to get online with the PS3 is bullshit. And, you know, I agree to an extent, and I think that's what it's become. It's become Microsoft now just works on selling the service and doesn't have to do much to sell the games because as soon as you say multiplayer, they go, oh, take it to Xbox Live. If you want graphically beautiful games, yeah, you take it to the PS3. But if you just want great community-based gameplay with a lot of with a larger variety of people to play with, the 360 has that shit beat. Yeah, I mean, I, I can give that. Maybe it's because of community, but you know, at the same time, what it all boils down to is the games. No matter how much fluff you put into all these systems, 
It all boils down to the games. That's you know right. I mean? And if I can't find a game to play on a system, I'm not going to play your system. And That's I true, too. not. Like, the connect right now is the real, only real reason why I'm playing it because I'm actually interested in the connect. I like the games they have for the connect, and I see the potential in the connect. So I actually want to play Xbox because of the connect. But the Xbox as a system itself, I find no interest. There's no reason for me to play that system other than to play Gears of War once and then what? I mean, I, I'm not going to buy an Xbox game unless it is a Connect game. True. Well, you know, with, with me, you you know, the, 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 I'm almost the opposite of that. Most of my games I bought on the 360, and I had to actually start forcing myself to buy more stuff for the PS3 for that reason, because I started noticing my PS3 wasn't getting as much love, other than, you know, watching Blu-rays and stuff. It was becoming, you know, oh, everything's going on the 360. So now, you know, I try to get, you know, more of the single-party stuff, like like when Dante's Inferno dropped. I got it for, for cheap. You know, I picked it up on the PS3 because graphically it looked really nice, so I picked that up. You know, Uncharted on the PS3, you know, that that game is the truth. And, and God of War... You know, I love the, the the God of War series. You know, that that's PS3 stuff. So you know, you 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 start finding titles that you can pick and choose. See, for you, the Connect brought you in. Now you just got to exactly. find titles you can. Now you got to find titles you can mess with. That you know, and and that's a thing too. It starts becoming where you actually start seeking out more people, which is what I was saying with them saying you know that games don't preach being social. You know, Xbox Live. You know, if you go into if you're in the chat, you'll see that. Most of the people that are in there, I've played games with online, whether it's, you know, whether it's Burnout and Doing Races or Need for Speed, or a lot of us play a lot of Street Fighter lobbies together. You know, you just got to find that niche. I think the thing is that, you know, Sony is missing something. You know, like definitely the cross-game chat is a huge factor that's missing. Yeah. That Xbox does well, you know, because it's like if we're all on PS3 and you, and I say, yo, what are you playing, you know, and you message me back, oh, I'm playing, you know, I'm playing a game on the move. What are you doing? Oh, I'm playing God of War. We can't even communicate except with sending messages, which kind of, you know, in this day and age, you know, by the time you sit there typing that shit out, it, it gets real old real quick. So, you know, little things like that is what Sony's missing. It's little nuggets like that that they kind of gloss over that are making the experience more difficult for people that want to own a PS3 and play online. But you know what? I'm going to say don't sleep on the move. I told a Sony rep the other day, I said this, this day I'm being completely honest, I'm biased. But I said, yo, the PlayStation Move to me is better than the Connect for a few reasons. One, it doesn't require you to freaking take your living room wall, break it down so you can get extra space <laughs> to use it. And this two, is true. And two, I'm the, yo, knowing gamers like I know them, I, there's no way a gamer is going to sit up with nothing in his hand, point at a screen, and say, bang, bang, bang. Fuck out of here. They're going to need a controller. <laughs> there's no way. Like, they'll do it at first to see how it works and everything and show their friends. Like, oh, <laughs> no good. There it is right there. Yeah. You did it for didn't you? Same time? You did it for You sat in front of your Yo. chair and you said, bang, bang, bang. Yeah, exactly. But then at the same time, oh, what, what we're falling alive. The police should move. Controllers. I'm sorry, but you you guys are standing there. Oh, oh, no controllers. You are the controller. <laughs> watch, watch. You are gonna be begging for a move controller. <laughs> you gonna be begging for it. Wait till you sit there. 
you see the living room waving your hands and act like you're shooting and then going crazy and then the freaking crazy the nut house people taking your door and taking away the straight jacket. Why? <laughs> you know, it, it, it's funny because that was my first issue with the Connect when after we, we played it at Comic Con and um I said to myself, you know, the, you know, the, all this hokey motion gaming shit and you know, I like I said, I shit on the move just because of that, because I'm like, ah, you know, it's the same shit as the Wii. The problem for me is that the for the move in particular, and it, they're starting to do more now with Killzone and all that, there's not enough, you know, mainstream games. Like, like you know, there's only so many casual games that you can play before you start saying, all right, when are we going to get into the real shit? So that's, you know, that's an issue that, that, that for me is what I found was wrong with the move. The connect is like you said. I wanted to buy the Connect for my house now, but in the top floor where I'm at in my house, my roof is slanted. So I know that the Connect would end up scanning the slanted walls and it would probably go all crazy and set itself on fire. So, you know, I, I, I definitely see both sides of the argument. I just think that the Connect, in terms of innovation, is stepping their game up. You know, the, the fact that you can say, you know, play Netflix and shit like that, you know, that, that's kind of cool. I'm not saying it's you know, the S.O.B. Cool. but it that's is, the same it is special. At the same time, PlayStation's come out with a new sharpshooter, Spurfield. I played Killzone with that gun, and you know what it felt like? It felt like I was a soldier running around in the world of Killzone with that gun. Now, you tell me that on a Connect system, if an army game comes out, I'm going to have nothing in my hand. I'm going to run around and feel like I'm a guy with nothing in my hand. <laughs> that's, when you, that's when you pick up the remote and you hold the remote like a gun. Yeah, you, you know, I mean, you're, you're, you know, you'll see fathers just get so frustrated they're going to pick up their kids and pretend they say, say, bang, say, bang, son. <laughs> that would be hilarious, holding your kid like a gun and making him yell bang and stick his finger out so it could be like a trigger. Oh, hilarious. But um, we we I, th- I think we we ran we ran the gamut with the game stuff. So um, is there anything else you wanted to add for gaming, Greg or? Nah, uh, you- me. Um, no, nah, not really. I'm pretty much all set on the gaming. The, I mean, the only thing I could add is to say, like me personally, when I use my Xbox, I just I basically buy if it's an online game, I buy it for the PS3 because I'm I'm just as Black Rebel stated, I'm just a cheap bastard. You know, yeah. I save my money. So, so if it's if it's a, if it's an exclusive game, I'll buy it on the Xbox. If it's an online game, it's PS3 all the way. Cause I'm I just like free stuff, man. <laughs> I just like free stuff. Yeah. Plain, plain and simple. All right. Um, I see that slick slick wanted to add something to game, and let me just bring him in real quick. All right. Slick, what do you got, bro? Um. Going back to the thing where you're mentioning advertising and how, you know, some people got it and some people don't. Right. Basically, you know, we we already discussed Sony at length, but Nintendo really has it on lock. Like, people, everybody really needs to take a note from Nintendo, like, starting from January through March. Because March is literally going to be bookends of money for the, for Nintendo. It's like they already started it in, in January, and the first Sunday in January, they got Pokemon coming out. The last Sunday, I mean, in March, in March. And the last Sunday in March, they got the 3DS coming out. Yeah, but don't get me talking about Pokemon. 
How much you want to bet that commercial is going to say, play Pokemon Black and White on the new 3DS coming at the end of March? Oh, my God, Black and White. Hey, look at that. Don't get me talking about Pokemon, man. I have such a <laughs> about that. <laughs> no, you know yeah, what? No, go ahead. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. My fault. My fault. Go. <laughs> I have such an opinion about Pokemon. You know, I... um. Slick Slick plays Pokemon and and all these guys in, in the luck. chat they play it and and you know Slick Slick schools me on the nuances of it. For me, it's just like you know if I wanted to train an electric rat to attack people, I would just grab a rat from the subway and tie a hair dryer to his back and throw him at people. You know what I mean? Like for me, like I understand the nuances of Pokemon, but it's just like like if I want if I wanted a dog that could spit fire. I'd tie an aerosol can to a dog's back and, and, and spray that shit and light a match, you know? Like, like for me, it's just, it, doesn't, it doesn't get me like it does everybody else. And, and yo, my, like, like my sister, she loves, she loves herself some Pokemon. And it's just like she'll run around, and, 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 and I'll be like, what are you doing? And, she, and all of a sudden some Pokemon jumps out of a bush, and she, you know, she'll just stare at the screen and let them fight each other. Her Pokemon gets killed. And I'm like... It's like it's like a video game Tamagotchi. You gotta feed the shit. You gotta carry the shit in your pocket. You gotta throw it out and fight it. You know, it's, it's like it's like you're the Michael Vick oh. of video games. Here's my electric rat. Oh, and he's gonna fight. Because you know, Wit knows I have a strong opinion about Pokemon. Nah, fuck that. I'm gonna say it. I'm gonna say it. I'm gonna say it. I'm gonna say it. You gonna say my no, 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 no? Yeah. Be nice because it's gonna open up a whole new world of stuff. But I, 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 no, just, just just ignore that guy. Yeah, he can't talk. I'll speak for him. Okay. <laughs> basically, what Black Bible talks about sometimes, like when we're in chat. So basically, basically, you ever notice how like, okay, let, let's. I'll put it this way. I'll let you think about it. No, how do you catch a Pokemon? Pokemon. No, how, how do you how do you how do you catch a Pokemon? The ball. You know, ball at him. No, but really? no, how do you? But how do you, you have to weaken them though? How do you weaken them? Yeah. You beat the shit out of them. Battle them against your other Pokemon. <laughs> no, let me do it. Wait, let me do it. Let me get it. Let me ask you this, right? Now, now imagine if you were Pokemon, right? You, you know, you're in the bushes. You know, you chill and mind your own business. Somebody sees you and hits you in the back of the head with a fucking ball and says, "I'm gonna catch you." And then, if you don't want to go. They get another Pokemon to whoop your ass, and then they take you. And then they force you to fight for them. They force you to do shit like clean that house. There's a name for that. Slavery. Slavery. <laughs> Pokemon slavery. <laughs> Pokemon slavery. Yes. Pokemon yes. almost slavery, yo. They're not allowed to say nothing but their own names. <laughs> yeah, I'm, yo, you got to call them. You got to call the people who own the masters. Slavery. Slavery. Christopher Columbus was the first Pokemon trainer. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah, 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 that's yeah, a yeah. great way to look at it. And then somebody said in the chat, you know, look at it right now, got to catch them all. Exactly, got to catch them all. Yeah, exactly. Think about every aspect of Pokemon, and you realize, hey, a minute, if that was a human being, that would be called slavery. That's right. Exactly. Uh, Mew is the uh, the Harriet the bachelor. of Pokemon. <laughs> oh, I like uh, Mist from the chat said Roots, the Pokemon edition. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, <shit. laughs> 
Everybody just next time you watch Pokemon, just really sit down and say, if that was a human being, what would that, oh, would that be wrong? <laughs> oh, it's like it's like your name is Psyduck. No, it's not. Your name is Psyduck. <laughs> just poor What's Psyduck. Name, crying. Boy? <laughs> oh my god. That, oh, that, 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 was like that was a great way to close that out. <laughs> you got yeah. fucking awesome. Anything else to add? <laughs> Uh, no, 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 that's the Pokemon. That's the Pokemon slavery. I'm good. Yeah, there you go. Make all the on. It's still gonna end up being shitload of money for Nintendo. Oh yeah, Nintendo. Re- Let me tell you something. Reggie is gonna be Scrooge McDuck in it in April. <laughs> oh yeah. He's gonna be swimming in money. He's gonna be like a little electric rat and a plumber that never fixes any plumbing. <laughs> made me. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. That's funny. And, All right, you know what? Thank you for having us on the show, man. Yeah, thank you. I enjoyed it. Hey, you guys rock. Um, yeah. I just want to bang out some of this movie stuff because I know that, you know, Bible's Bible's voice is taking a beating with all this laughter. But um, uh, there's a couple of movie things I I just wanted to run by you. We have um, you know, I always throw this out there. I call it the what the fuck movie news because there's some movies that just you shouldn't do. And um, one of the first ones, I, and, and, I, and I know you guys are going to be like, what the hell is that? According to Deadline, Warner Brothers is looking to reboot the Lethal Weapon franchise. So they're going to reboot. No. Riggs! No, I'm sorry. Only, only Danny Glover can say Riggs. I'm sorry. No one else can say Riggs. <laughs> no, Danny Glover must be get? the one Riggs. former cop turned screenwriter uh, Will Beal to script the reboot and um, it's going to maintain the tone of the original a hard R-rated edgy street cop movie so um, hell no hell it's, it's no. awful isn't it a reboot no. of Lethal Weapon no Lethal wow. Weapon you're going to Lethal Weapon up I'm sorry the last good movie was when Danny Glover and uh, um, Mel Gibson beat up Jackie Urchin and Jet Li so no yeah, yeah, yeah it was <laughs> I, I, yeah. uh, that movie, I, that movie should be fucking horrible, man. I'm serious. Just oh, well, you know what? It, it gets better. Will Smith is reporting, reportedly looking to make a remake of Annie with his daughter in the lead role. Smith is reportedly exploring the idea of Overbrook remaking <laughs> the film. Action. You know, no, no, no. Hold up, hold up, hold up. It's about time. It's about time. We need a black Annie. It's about time. <laughs> no, no, no. But you guys want to this. Jay Z is in talks to collaborate on the music for the film. Stop! All right, game over. It's done. No, no. We said Jay Z. No. No. Affirmative action, Annie. That's what that is. It's terrible. So you got Annie by with Willow Smith and Jay Z is doing the soundtrack. It's just a hard knock life video all over again. I don't know if you're going to bring this up, but can I throw in a stupid movie that I didn't realize they were making? But it goes by a different name, but we already know what it is. Can I throw one in? Go ahead, man. They are making Rock'em Sock'em Robots, the movie. Yep, and Real Steel. It Real Steel. I'm like, what? That is oh, correct. That's Rock'em Sock'em Robots. 
It really is. I actually, when I put the trailer on the site and I watched it, I'm like, this is going to be such a such a giant commercial for Rock'em Sock'em Robots that it, I was just disgusted when I saw it. But you know what the funny thing is? They're going to make sure to put it in IMAX so that the robots are 100 feet and in 3D. And it'll make a decent amount of money because everything is in 3D nowadays. Exactly. Yes. Well, they have managed the, to milk 3D. Oh, yeah, of course. And, of course, the, the, the last bit, which, you know, I wanted to ask you guys before I let y'all go, what did you guys think of the Batman casting with Anne Hathaway rumored to be playing Catwoman and Tom Hardy playing Bane? Tom Hardy is Bane. I love Tom Hardy. Yeah. You got something bad about Tom Hardy, you can fight me. And Hathaway, they're making her to be the new Julia Roberts. So I don't know. I mean, but she doesn't fit some new account to me. She can fit more yeah. of a Kaya goal. But at the same time, like, uh, I don't know. I, I have to wait and see because he's legend. You know, a lot of people have doubts about him. But don't talk about my boy, Tom Hardy. That man was Bronson. Go yeah, he Bronson was solid in Bronson. And tell me he can't be Bane. Yeah, he could be Bane. If he plays Bane like he did Bronson, dude, it's game over for sure. I think exactly. that Anne Hathaway just doesn't look like the kind of chick and, yeah. and I said that, that could play Catwoman. And, and you she know, call, call, me, call me a dick, but what kind of Catwoman mask is going to fit over that big-ass beak that she got? Well, oh, they're not really actually oh, Catwoman. They're just going to have her as Selena Cow. Oh yeah, of course, but but let's but you know let, we uh, those of us that that read the comics we know Selena Kyle is Catwoman and you know they're gonna go that route just because you know Christopher Nolan isn't gonna do it you know this is his last Batman flick so he's not just gonna throw the he's not gonna name drop and not not put Catwoman in there in some shape way or form so they better if they're gonna do something they better figure out a way to get that get that cat mask over that nose and stop playing. Uh, okay, <laughs> no, okay, wait. Great. No, I was no, just say you just bashed the shit out of that girl. <laughs> I didn't bash the shit out of her. Let me tell you something. I saw her in, in Havoc, which uh, I'm sure Bible probably got to see if he if he got to see Havoc, where um she was a rich chick and um she wanted to hang out with some gangbangers and there was there was shit, oh, all yeah. kind of foul. I saw it. I saw that movie. Yeah, all kind of foul shit happened to her. And then, you know, she, she was good. She was good in a lot of those flicks. You know, she's come a long way since the Princess Diaries. I just feel that when you, when you look at the Catwoman character, whether it's Selena Kyle, the, the alter ego, or Catwoman, you need a bad chick. You need a sexy chick. You need a, uh, you know, I, I said Charlotte yeah, yeah, Theron or, you know, a Mila Kunis. You know, somebody, yeah. somebody that you look at, you're like, yo, that's a bad chick that could fill out this costume. Don't get me wrong, Anne Hathaway... She's in good shape and she can do her thing, but she just doesn't scream. Tell you me. know, I'm. You know, Batman's gonna try and do something stupid to, to to get it to get in her pants. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like she doesn't scream that. She screams no, Princess agree. Diaries and 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 romantic comedies. That's it. Well, remember, like I said, they're trying to make her the new Julia Roberts. So, I mean, you don't know. Like, like. Heath Ledger, he looked nothing like what we thought the Joker could be. You know what I mean? He's like Heath Ledger as Joker, but then he shocked the hell out of us. He showed, yeah, he showed a new world, like, yo, this is the new Joker, bitch. <laughs> oh, no, it's true, and it's funny because when, when Michael Jai White was on, I asked him, like, yo, how was it working with Heath Ledger? And he's like, he's like, yo, he goes, Heath Ledger wasn't tortured he didn't get into the role, and it didn't. The role didn't drive him crazy. He's like, we spent most of the time doing magic tricks on set. He was a really cool dude, 
and he just believed in his craft. And I'm not saying that Anne Hathaway can't get it together and do it, but it's, it's going to be something totally out of her scope to make it work. You know what I mean? Like, just on initial viewing, it just, it just doesn't jump out to me. Again, you know, Christopher Nolan has a good eye for, for, for actors and, and bringing the best out of them, but just that casting alone just doesn't work. Like you were saying, maybe a Talia al Ghul might have worked, but the, the Selena Kyle role, whether physical, whether Catwoman or not, is a more physical role. I just don't see her as a physical chick. But what about, what's his name? Uh, I don't know, I forget his name, but I love this guy. He played Inception. He was the, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio's friend, the dark-haired one. The, oh, wow. Well, um, I mean, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah what yeah. about him playing the Riddler? That was rumored, too. They I had actually talked work. about that. Joseph Gordon-Levitt would make a great Riddler. I actually think that, and we, we had talked about this before, that if you're going to go with, like, a real-world Batman, you really could do, like, a Mr. Zazz, you know, like a like a serial killer type dude, and you could throw him in there. You don't got to make him the main dude, but if you want to add some more realism to it, because one thing I noticed was that, you know, Christopher Nolan was like, hey, I'm trying to do more of the realistic characters. Like, Bane is a more realistic character than, say, somebody like no, Killer Croc. Exactly. That was the thing. Like, he's exactly. Not, no, you know what? That's why I was shocked. Most people was like, when I said, hey, Bane will be the next Batman, they said, no, he can't be, because this man's over the top in strength. He's not like some strong guy. This man is a monster. Yeah, he's roided like, out of his mind, you know? Yeah, like, you know, it, it, to me, they can't put Bane in the movie unless you introduce the, 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 the super roids in it. And, I mean, the only thing they need, the only thing the new Batman storyline needs is a new leader of the mob. And if they're not going to do Penguin, they got to do Black Mass if they're going for realism. Like, realism. Yep, they got to do Black Mass. Black Mask would have been a great character. Yep, mm-hmm. Black Mask would have been a great character. Um, you know, then there were rumors of going with Hugo Strange, which I, I, I had no problem with the Hugo Strange angle either. Um, well, he's in the, uh, the uh, Gotham City. I mean, well, I mean, not Gotham City, uh, Arkham City. That's yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like that would have worked just because the 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 depth of the character would have been, and you could have added, you know, a lot of, a, a lot more of the psychological to it. Like I said, I, just that I'm very hesitant. It's like the the shit with the X Men First Class. Very hesitant in, in what they're doing. Even with the new Spider Man, I complained during uh during last week's show about how the new Spider Man they changed the the spider on the costume, and everybody's like, yeah, but he still looks like Peter Parker, and I'm like, yeah, but the most iconic symbol got changed. That's like making the S on Superman's costume purple. Yeah, but you know what? Isn't yeah. that supposed to be a different type of Spider-Man? Because this was a reboot. And I figured that the suit was different for a reason. Like, he was another type of Spider-Man. Like, he's Spider-Man B. Parker, but, like, one of the alternate universes, you know, version of Spider-Man. You know what I mean? Right. But even if you look at the ultimate Spider-Man, that costume is iconic. You know what I mean? Like, it's always the big spider on the chest. And, you know, you can tweak the spider like they did for, for, for the Tobey Maguire movies, but the spider looks completely different, which, you know, definitely when you're going that, like, if you're going to change the costume a little bit, that's fine, but don't take liberties with the symbol that's so iconic. You know what I mean? Like, oh, you're going to give them web shooters? I have no problem with that. But I just felt like changing, it's like the nipples on the bat suit in the Joe yeah. Schumacher Batman movies. It's just shit that you don't fuck with. That, you know, exactly. that's one of them. Exactly. Oh, yeah, let's put nipples on the back suit. That's going to be totally awesome. Guys are going to love it. <laughs> <laughs> Get out of it. It's terrible. And um, 
the the last bit of uh, here's something that you guys are gonna trip out on. You know that they're doing a fifth Fast and Furious, and, um, and wow. they're already, they're already talking about doing a sixth one. What? What? Well, yep. listen, if they do six one, is the six one going to be, be in Tokyo? Like, no, no, no. Is it going to be up to date? Because a lot of people don't realize, but the Fast and Furious storyline kind of goes backwards. So yes, this it does. prequels. Yep, because Tokyo Drift is a prequel. No, Tokyo Drift actually would be the, considered the most convenient the last movie. one. Yeah, the most. It'll be the last one. Last one. Tokyo Drift will be current. Everything else. You're right. You're right. That's right. Tokyo yeah. Drift because that the Asian guy appears in this one and he appeared in the last one and then he dies in Tokyo Drift. You're right. Exactly. So it, it's pretty much yeah. Like so, is the new one going to be up to date? Like you know, well, I'll be interested. It will do that. Supposedly, what they want to do with this, with the sixth one, is they want to focus it on the Rock's character, uh, the the federal agent. Which to me, it's like you're introducing him in one movie, and you already want to spin the next one into this guy's character. So I'm anticipating that there's going to be the Vin Diesel and Paul Walker are going to be the main parts of it, but they're going to probably focus a lot on the on the Rock's character, so they can set up a sixth film. But I just think that at this point, how much more shit is he going to do? It's like steal some shit, drive some fast cars, you know, play some play, play some reggaeton, and, you know, Vin Diesel in a tank top and roll credits. It's the same shit in the last two movies. It's like, all right, we got it. They steal to shit me, and they drive cool cars. To me, the best part of what they did was adding the rock. I, I, you know, to me, they can sell this next movie just by saying Vin Diesel versus the rock. To me, that's a seller. Yeah, I, I really wanted to see that. I, I, I love The Rock. I like Van, Van Diesel. To see those two go ahead and actually like, maybe like, yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> well, yeah, awesome. I, I definitely want to see the fifth one. I just feel that the fact that the fifth hasn't dropped yet and y'all are already talking sixth, it's it, it, it's a little bit it's a little bit putting the cart before the horse. You know what I'm saying? Like, let that let that money come in first. Because because what if people just don't get don't feel it and they just think it's garbage? Right, good point. You have a good yeah, you know. All right. Well, I'm looking at this shit. I'm gonna um, wrap it up before I let you guys go. By all means, you know, um, any plugs or stuff you want to get out of the way besides uh, besides Gamer Fit Nation. Any any people you want to shout out? Any people? I know that that Bible you did that in the beginning, but. You know, just to refresh everybody before before y'all roll out. All right, go ahead, Wit. You go first. All right, first of all, I want to shout out to uh, all the people listening to the podcast. You know, if it wasn't for you guys, we wouldn't be doing this right now. It's because of you that we're doing this, to get, getting all this information out, having a fun time, making you guys laugh. You know, we just appreciate you guys coming to the podcast and watching it. You know, all our followers, all our supporters. There's a whole list I could do, you know, but especially to you, Rich, you know, thank you for having us on the podcast, and we appreciate it. And, uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. That's all my shout-outs right there. All right, I'll, I'll try to get the best, but I want to give a shout-out to um, SFX360. Uh, they, you know, they came to New York, they, you know, nice couple, and, you know, uh, they invited me out to a party, so much love for them. Um, also want to give a shout-out to the Gaming Goddess. She's going to be contributing to our site now and, um, you know, nice. putting out information to her on our site. So I want to give Matt love to her. Um, my boy, Hip Hop Gamer, me and him, 
Yeah, yo, we everywhere we go, we party. We party up, we do the thing. So, <laughs> hip hop. And then, of course, everybody on the staff of Game of Fit Nation, much love. You know, they they do a lot of work. Yeah, they and, do a lot of work. Yeah, we, we, I know I'm sitting here, I'm clowning, I'm talking about bad stuff and all that, but, yo, you know, we're really about helping games. You know what I mean? I'm personally, my, you might see me as an asshole, but don't see the site and the people behind as assholes because they do what they got to do. You know what I mean? I'm just the hype guy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yep, I, mean I, I, I run the site, but I'm the hype guy for the site, and I do it well. So, you know, check out Game of Fit Nation. We're about it helping you guys find the balance between gaming and health. That's right. And, and um, thank you, Rich, for inviting us on to the show, man. He's a great guy. Yeah, I mean, me and him had a lot of fun when we met, and he's the man. Thank you. I, I, I appreciate that. Um, Again, you know, My Take Radio fully endorses Gamer Fit Nation. If you are um, a gamer that needs advice or needs some guidance in regards to looking for, for outlets for fitness or just to talk games or even to talk fitness, definitely check these guys out. Um, they do a, a lot of great work. They run a great community, and they provide a really great service. And you can check them out on Twitter at GamerFitNation. Um, you can also look for Bible on Twitter. It's at BlackBible. And uh, you can also look for Greg on there. He's at the owners with a Z at the end there, for those of you that don't know. And um, I will add the links for all of them in our link section on the site as well. And um, uh, you guys got a, got an open door, man. Anytime you guys want to come on and, and, and talk some stuff, by all means. And uh, Bible, yeah. I'm not too far, man. And I, I, grew up, I grew up in the Bronx, man, so I see you. <laughs> yeah, I see you too, man. Yeah, you know, so definitely, you know, we, we'll definitely find a way to collaborate and, and chill one day. Definitely, and maybe next time I come on, I have my whole voice. I did a pretty good job with no voice. I think. Hey, you guys, you know we had a lot of good laughs, man, and everybody enjoyed it. So, thanks again, and I and I appreciate it. No problem. Thank you for All having right, us. Brothers. Have a good night, All right. brothers. All right. All right. That was uh, Black Bible, Antoine from. Gamer Fit Nation and Greg from Gamer Fit Nation, like I said, I will add their links in our links tab on the site. If you're on Twitter, you can follow at Gamer Fit Nation. If you are on Facebook and you like the offerings that these guys put out, uh, put out on the show tonight, head over to their Facebook fan page. It's facebook.com slash Gamer Fit Nation or go to the My Take Radio fan page and click Gamer Fit Nation, show your support, let them know that you listened, you know, just so they know that that MTR fully supports their efforts, so definitely check them out. Um, last bit of movie news I wanted to just get out of the, out of the way. Um, Liam Neeson is going to be voicing Qui-Gon Jinn in the Star Wars animated Clone Wars series. Neeson will be appearing in the January 28th and February 11th episodes as Qui-Gon. He'll be appearing to Obi-Wan and Visions regarding his former Padawan Anakin Skywalker, so... Those of you that are fans of the Qui-Gon Jinn character, January 28th and February 11th are the days for you. Um, and some TV news tomorrow, or I should say today, is the return of Spartacus on Stars. Uh, you'll be able to watch the prequel series, The uh, Gods of the Arena. But for the upcoming second season of Spartacus, as I've said in a previous broadcast, Andy Whitfield had to withdraw as the lead Spartacus because of non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. 
Um, he is being replaced by actor Liam McIntyre, who will be taking over the role of Spartacus next season. Um, Star's president and CEO Chris Albrecht said that since no one can really replace Andy, we realize we should instead find an actor who can truly lead Spartacus forward. He stated also it was important to us to have Andy endorse the idea of recasting this part, which he did in the same heroic manner that he's dealt with his whole ordeal. And that coupled with our fortune in finding a young actor with the gladiator credentials and the acting ability of Liam makes it easier for us to keep this franchise going. Season two of Spartacus Blood and Sand will be debuting next year. So definitely keep an eye out for that. And like I said, the Gods of the Arena debuts tomorrow night. Well, tonight, I should say, because it's already Friday at 10 p.m. on Stars. Uh, you know what? That pretty much wraps it up for this week's episode of My Take Radio. Again, definitely want to thank uh, Antoine and Greg from GamerFit Nation for coming through. We have surpassed all expectations on this week's episode. I'm very happy um, with the way it went for our 75th episode. A couple of things before I wrap things up. We actually did launch some My Take Radio merchandise. You can go to MyTakeRadioTees, T-E-E-S, uh, .spreadshirt.com, and you can pick up some My Take Radio hoodies. Uh, we have junior-sized T-shirts. We have ladies' shirts. We have um, a couple of T-shirts. We also have a pullover hoodie, and we also have a pullover hoodie in size 3XL for those of you that want a nice, uh, comfortable fit. So definitely head over to the Spreadshirt site, and you can check out the shirts there. Um, like I said, our Facebook fan page, of course, head over there if you haven't and become a fan. Our forums, mytakeradio.com slash forums. If you haven't joined, I'm going to come looking for you. But, um, no, seriously, definitely stop in there. You can interact with all the listeners and fans of the show, and you can talk about MMA, wrestling, video games, movies, comics, uh, action figure collectibles. You can talk about television shows, Xbox Live, PSN, the works. Um, there will be some stuff added, and we also have a chat functionality where you can have video chat and voice chat, so definitely check that out in our forums. Last but not least, um, if you have any questions or concerns or would like to be a guest, send me an email, mtrhost at gmail.com or mtrhost at mytakeradio.com, and I will gladly answer all your questions on air or via email. So definitely you can do that. If you're on Twitter, you can follow the show account. It's at mytakeradio. If you're on MySpace, which I doubt most of you are, we have a page on there as well. It's myspace.com slash mytakeradio. Um, we have a Formspring account. Just look for My Take Radio on Formspring. Uh, we also have a Tumblr blog, which I'm going to try and update more often. It's mytakeradioextras, X-T-R-A-S, dot Tumblr, dot com, for any of just the randomness that I come across. That stuff is going to be posted there as well. And uh, that's pretty much it. I just want to thank the crew from Gamer Fit Nation, uh, the crew from Beantown Gamer for supporting the show, uh, Michael Jai White, of course. You can check out his site, michaeljaiwhite.com, razorclothing.tv, uh, the crew at Girl Gamer, and the crew at Gaming Angels for supporting us, MMA Valor, of course, one of our content partners, huge supporter of the show, as is the This Week in Wrestling podcast, great supporters of the show, uh, VGN Radio, Don Anderson from Tumbling with Tumbleweed. Also, you can check his show out Tuesdays, 10 p.m. on the Blog Talk Radio Network. Uh, Blaine from Born Stubborn Radio. You can check their show out, bornstubbornradio.com. Uh, 411 Mania, MMA Junkie, FilmDrunk.com. Uh, thanks to all those guys, of course. And last but not least, make sure to tune in next week when the Amazing Red makes his return to My Take Radio. 
Uh, we're going to talk about his House of Glory wrestling school, his upcoming match against Low Key for ICW in the Elks Lodge in Queens Boulevard next Saturday. And we'll be talking about that, plus taking your call. So definitely be ready for that. Amazing Red returns to My Take Radio next week. And be ready because we got a ton of crazy stuff happening in February as well. Thank you guys all for your support. It's making the 75 episodes a lot easier, and I look forward to giving you guys 75 more episodes. I'll catch you guys next week. It's been real peace. Taking us out this week is going to be The Mass Man by Nutritious from ocremix.org. Rip, yeah.